And welcome to show 132 of the Veteran Gamers Podcast. Yay, 132! Oh yeah, baby! And now, Sonnet 132 from William Shakespeare. Thine eyes I love, and they, as pitying me, knowing thy heart torment me with disdain, have put on black, and loving mourners be, looking with pretty ruth upon my pain. And truly not the morning sun of heaven, better becomes the gray cheeks of the east, nor that full star that ushers in the even, doth half that glory to the sober west. As those two morning eyes become thy face, oh, let it then as well beseem thy heart to mourn for me, since morning doth thee grace, and suit thy pity like in every part. Then will I swear beauty herself is black, and all they foul that thy complexion lack. Wow. Now, Duke, <laughs> you, you stole my, my intro. Oh, did he do Sorry. that? I was just going to say that the podcast seems to have become a bit highbrow. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's some foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, foreshadowing! Some, some foreshadowing. <laughs> Introduce who? Yeah, I'll do some introductions. So we have got Chini. You heard him. He's here. Can you not introduce me while I'm taking a drink? Thank you. Oh, sorry. Introduce him again while he's taking a drink. Yeah. Uh, are you taking a drink? It's oh, Chini. <laughs> I'm taking a drink. Hang on. That's the way you feel, diva, like the closet. Okay, I'm done. How how were the Cherub's tears you were just drinking? Were they nice? <laughs> yes, well, I wasn't holding the glass myself, as you understand, because it's too cold for my beautiful hand. I'm not actually drinking it myself. Yeah. Someone else is drinking it for me. That would be quite a devious thing. He's been drinking yak's milk from the highest of the Himalayan mountains. I heard it was wine from, like, 2253, <laughs> like future wine. Wow. What that it's, means. But it's impressive. Wine. I yeah. call them food rakes. <laughs> Desserts. Uh, and uh, yeah, we've we've also got Duke somewhere. <laughs> One a day I'm going to Malta to big a hotel. In the morning I go down to eat a breakfast. I tell a waitress I want two pieces of toast. She brings me only one piece. I tell her I want two pieces. She say go to the toilet. I say you no understand. I want to do piss on my plate. She say you better no piss on the plate. You son of a bitch. I don't even know the lady, and she calling me a son of a bitch. That is funny. <laughs> Don't worry, there's more coming. Oh, I'm, I'm sure it goes to the sheet on the bed, does it not? <laughs> yes, I have heard it before, but, but off someone classic. else, off a person. It's a classic. Uh, a classic. Oh, my God. I don't know what That's that what is. You- it's it's a and a very old joke. I actually went finding something like I t- I think I put into Google funny thing on YouTube and I, there are like ten things that were like the funniest thing on YouTube and it's not the funniest thing on YouTube but it's funny. It is kind of funny. It is funny. I don't think it's the funniest thing on YouTube. Because the funniest thing on YouTube isn't going to brag about, I'm the funniest thing on YouTube. Well, it probably is, to be fair, because that's what people do. So Anyway, oh, by the way, talking to the diva. Who are you? No, just before, well, I'm the daddy, but before we go into that, Chinny, did you see one of the comments on your YouTube video this week? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're fun. 
Yeah, someone gave you some grief, said you knew nothing about it. What? Yeah, that's fine. That's yeah. that's what Video. you do. I want to know about this. <laughs> yeah. All right, hang on, hang on. Let me hang get hang on, hang on. Oh, hang on. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going there right now. Yeah, get up the mail. I'll carry on. Channel. No, I've got it, I think. I've got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, in the unboxing video or what? If you yeah. listen to this podcast um, <laughs> and you're intrigued, um, then why? Why are you intrigued? <laughs> because this is shit. <laughs> so, I'm easily intrigued is why. I'm getting there, I'm getting there. Are you getting there yet? Hang on. What are you doing? Oh, I think I'm getting further away. I think you possibly are. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. Don't move on. <laughs> this it's is good. Rooted. This is all good stuff. This I don't is know good it's one, podcasting. Is it that one? I can't find it. <laughs> um, no, I can't find it. Sorry. Yeah, Get yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Right. Later, I go to eat at the bigger restaurant. The waitress brings me a spoon and a knife, but no fork. I tell her I wanna the fuck. She tell me everyone you wanna fuck. I tell her you don't understand, I wanna fuck her on the table. She say you better not fuck on the table, you son of a bitch. So anyway, I found the comment. It was from <laughs> it was from Bum Bum Bo B one. That's who it was from. <laughs> Bum Bum Bo B one. And they said this LOL, this guy is such an idiot. He doesn't even know who Rockstar is and doesn't even know what he's talking about. Dislike, lol. And he calls himself a veteran gamer. Well, there you go, Ginny. That's <laughs> this what... is on your unboxing video, huh? No, no, this is on the Max Payne 3 multiplayer, A Closer Look. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's on the Max Payne one? Yeah, that was on the Max Payne. Find it. Yeah, Max Payne 3 multiplayer, A Closer Look, that one was on. So, Stu, why do you only focus on the negatives, Stu? I don't. It just made me lol. Because there was also another comment saying... The thing I love about this video is more construction. Thanks for the video. Oh, that was on the, it was on the GTA why didn't you, why didn't you, Oh, it doesn't matter what fucking video is on. It can't, right? <laughs> no, no, no. No, let's just bring this back. It it made me laugh because it was kind of ironic because you're the biggest rock star fanboy I know. You That's know? true. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it, it was more the irony of it, you know, because what are the chances? So Wait, what? Stu, what's the first line of that comment? Uh, you're such an idiot. This guy's an idiot. Perfect symmetry right yeah. there. Oh, there this guy's an idiot. Well. It's like someone's listened to the show. Maybe they have. Maybe they have. Yeah. But not anybody who started off listening because this is the most uninteresting show ever. Yeah, yeah. I'm only listening to hear the rest of that stupid Italian thing Duke's been playing. I go to the restaurant. I say I want a spoon. So anyway, so anyway, as you know, as you know, mm-hmm. I spoke the other week about educating Millie's film library, you know, and, and sort oh, of giving... Snap. Decent films that she needs. Story, story, story time. Well, I have started. Last week, uh, we watched Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's that a good was, movie. That was on the TV, so it was like that. Excellent. And they're doing the trilogies. Yeah, yeah. And this week, we watched The Temple of Doom. So we watched them yeah. both. So, yeah, so we're doing that. I have got the uh, Back to the Future trilogy at the ready. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a gigawatt. Exactly. Now... I am concerned because I got a lot of questions whilst we were watching Raiders of the Lost Ark, and that's not really a very complex film, is it? If we're being honest. But no. she, yeah, she had lots of going, why are they doing that? Well, what's in the box? Is that the box that they got before? Why are they putting the box there now? Why are they on this island at the end? So I got lots of questions like that. Well, it's time for you to tell her and show by example. 
that you don't talk during the movie. After the movie, you can talk all about it. Correct. And this is what I tried to explain. So I said, look. Try to figure it out for herself. You pay attention and stop asking me questions. You might actually find out what's going on. You know, but she can't wait because kids these days, they can't wait to sort of have things play out. They want to know like yesterday what's going well, on. You need a teacher to wait. That's your I job. Know. I know. So anyway, so she enjoyed it. I asked her which she liked best and she said she actually liked the Temple of Doom better than Raiders of the Lost Ark. She preferred it's hard to say which is the better movie. Yeah. Yeah. She said I mean, like, Raiders had the power of being first, but. But she didn't fancy chilled monkey brains when I asked her. I said, you know, it looks tasty to me. Mm, chilled monkey brains. And also, 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 I think the producers of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here just watched that film and used all of those for the trials. Yeah, probably. Because that's pretty much what it is. You know, sticking... Now you're going to have your heart pulled out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah she did go a bit like... the next season of Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. <laughs> yeah. Some magic... For this week's book book of trials, you're going to get your heart pulled out like... <laughs> well, yeah. It's... For it's a quite... context there, Duke, it's Anton Deck that did the presenting of that show in the UK. Yeah. Now I understand. Deck are from Newcastle, which is the same place that Ross Noble is from. Well, there you go. There you go. So that's what it sounds like. But yes, it did make me think, apart from the uh, roof coming down with the big spikes, and I don't think they've done that yet. But maybe it's coming. Again, next season. Maybe, maybe that is next. Get all the stars before you die. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So. All right, time for talk about games. Uh, yes, games. Um, games. My new graphics card arrived. <laughs> you, don't tell me news like that while I'm drinking. Jesus Christ, this is massive. <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. Let me let me call the neighbours. Um, you know what? Actually, you make hey! a joke. This may be. Hey, <laughs> hey, neighbours, <laughs> shut the hell up. This might actually be a turning point for our show, Chinny. Yeah, it could be. Oh, yeah, it could be the show where we ban Stuart. <laughs> well, not well, Stuart. Let me put right. Stuart, <laughs> have you been playing a lot of games on your PC? Well, I've started tonight. Yes, I've played a bit of Diarrester. Now, now ask me if I've been playing games on my Mac. Have you been playing games on your Mac as a PC? I, I have been playing games on my Mac. Fuck's sake, come off. <laughs> Chitty show. The You're chitty outnumbered, show. dude. Everybody <laughs> likes the chitty show. <laughs> Do you know what, though? To be oh, fair. Welcome. <laughs> to be I fair. I don't think the PC really is dead. <laughs> um, I, I could have actually probably uh, continued to use my existing graphics card because I've changed it. I only got my new one tonight. Uh, pulled the old one out and... Yeah, it wasn't great, and I have been a bit naughty by not keeping my PC nice and clean. When I, yeah, on the side of it, it had like a heat sink with a fan on and everything, which was enclosed in like a plastic casing, if you will. Uh, so it should suck in air at one end and expel it through the back of the PC to keep but it, it nice and cool. But it doesn't just suck in air, of course. There's dust and debris. Yeah, well, at the in part of it, um, at the end, was probably about half a centimetre of fluff that was... Uh... It was literally like a... <laughs> in the end of it so it's also a round table full of dogs playing poker in there as well it could have been could have been um which which would possibly explain why it kept overheating every time i made it do anything i think that could have something to do with it yeah and i also found out i don't know we have mentioned this this week i was having a look at the at the existing graphics this guy is an idiot (laughs) bearing in mind bearing in mind this graphics card was seven years old (laughs) <laughs> well, it's a good idea to just upgrade it anyway. Yeah, seven years old. But do you know how much it cost when it was new? Because I got this, I got this PC off my brother when he went seven million pounds. 
It was it was just under. Is he, is he heavy, your brother? Why? Why do you ask that? Yeah, why do you ask that? He's heavy. <laughs> He's my brother. Yeah, very He's good. My brother. But he went to work abroad and he said, look, he'd, he'd had this PT at the time for about a year and he said, look, you can have it if you like. So I was like, fine. Um, but yeah, any others he wants to get rid of? I'll take no, unfortunately, no. But anyway, when I when I went to check, because obviously I was it's looking an idiot. to see the reviews on this card <laughs> when it came out, it was four hundred pounds just four hundred pounds for a graphic. Damn, Jack Wooden wipes his ass with six hundred dollars. And incidentally, this graphics card was purchased in the same year that the 360 came out, but was more expensive than a 360 just for the graphics card. Damn, <laughs> So there you go, yeah. 400 quid for a graphics card. That's kind of crazy. So I'm guessing it was cutting edge at the time. Because <laughs> that was a lot of money. Uh, considering my new one just cost me £50, pounds, uh, which is a lot more powerful than my old one. <laughs> snip, snap, snip, snap. Yeah, so there you go. Um, I have been on What Can I Run? Just to see what sort of things I could run on it. Uh, Battlefield 3 is a no-no. Yeah, well, that's the, not surprising. The graphics card would run it, but nothing else on my computer would. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what does run on it, which was... They were, kind well, of, I, sorry, sorry, Steve, to cut you in, but I did the same thing, and all that came up for me was Google. That's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Um, but the, Metro, who, the who should be played here, I don't know. I don't uh, know where they are. Metro 2033 will run on it. Yeah, yeah Metro 2033, which was kind of surprised at... Um, some like Team Fortress 2 is fine Left 4 Dead's fine Half-Life 2 is fine and you know this is the time to get a new graphics card because that Steam Stale ain't yeah, no really. joke man I tell you what it couldn't have come at a better time really because I've been on there now interesting I've only bought three games I bought three games <laughs> only bought, that's a sign of a good sale man I only bought three games in the last well, two days you know you look at all this stuff and I don't really want to I'm not really that interested in sort of Bigger games, you know. True, I'm more interested in the little indie indie stuff that's yeah. on there and stuff like that. Good so, way to do it, man. They're like a dollar each. Yeah. So I bought Diaresta today, which has gone on sale today at one pound seventy four. So you can't. I bought that too. Yeah. Which was what? Two and a half dollars for you, was it? Yeah, something like that. Yep. So two and a half dollars for you. Some of them you look at and you're like, I'd be stupid not to get this, you know, if it'll yeah. run. And it is running now. Stuff is running on my computer. I'm so happy. I'd say they get you, Duke. It is. But they got me, man. I'm totally in. But I've got to say, Diaresta does look better on here than it did on OnLive. That's that's for sure. Um, but I did have to turn the settings down slightly yeah. because it is a very modded version of the Source engine. So they have up-resed everything. So I had to turn down the anti-aliasing a little bit. And then I put it onto medium settings as well, which did the trick. And then the frame rate was fine because it was a bit juddery when I first turned it on. But that sorted all that stuff out. Well. So I think every game should have the ability to turn the graphics down to the point where it looks like Minecraft or something. <laughs> yeah, it still <laughs> looks like good. It's totally still... jagged. Because then you can run it on anything. Yeah, it still looks it still looks way better than on live, even with that all all that stuff turned down on it. Uh, uh, but what I hadn't realized that it, it's pretty random the parts of the story you get at the different points in the game. Where all right, it... now I'm gonna play this when I get back from break, so don't be yeah. spilling nothing. So I've I've only played a little bit just to see if it it would run, and it did. And my computer didn't sound like it was about to take off, which was a good sign. I have to say, so there was no. Uh, so I got that, and I've got I bought Audio Surf as well, uh, ah, which is an older game from 2008. But it's a very cool um, game where it's sort of like a racing game, sort of um, where you're going along like a set track, but it uses music from your computer to create the track. <laughs> yeah, whatever you decide to play, yeah, it's very very. Uh, played the demo in the past, but that, again, was one pack fifty, I think. So, yeah, that was a, a good buy. 
Um, yeah. I also had purchased in the past. I've already got Half-Life 2 Deathmatch on there, so I'm going to read out yeah. that. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. Team Fortress 2? Yeah, and Team Fortress 2. free to play. It is. I'm playing it. People should add me on friends list for Steam. I'm going to be... I'm going to make a veteran, proper veteran gamers group on there, too. Yeah, I'm going to be doing that, but... And it starts. But, it does. I know it does. Uh, but I have to say it, that I haven't got a lot of hard space, so the next thing I'm going to upgrade, I think... Hard space. Hard, 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 hard. drive space, even. Uh, so yeah, have you got any hard space? <laughs> have any hard space? Uh, so I've been having a look at solid-state hard drives, and you can pick those up for about £50 now for a 120-gig one, which will be super fast. So, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, it'd be, it'd be lightning, but then I'll have to reinstall all my operating system, so that's a bit more of a chore than what I've done. I mean, swapping the graphics card, that was easy-peasy, took 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not like putting but, a fucking disc in a console. Yeah. Well, a hard drive's slightly different, because you've got to obviously wipe everything and reinstall everything once you... So what'd you get at the Steam sale, Chinny? Oh, wait, I forgot. Yeah, what did you get, Chinny? I, I have Steam. Fuck you all. <laughs> what are you buying on the sale? Nothing. Steam coming oh, out of his ears. Dead. <laughs> ah, I see what you did So I changed my quote to PC is dumb. Oh, well. <laughs> Doing all your PC or buying all those... cheaper, though. For indie games. That yeah, exactly. could play on my Nintendo Wii. Are you, are you actually counting? That's the trouble. So, Whatever. He knows that. I don't think that's a real yeah, discussion. That's a trouble. That's a trouble. Uh, right. Yeah, so I'm kind of impressed. And like I said, it was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I just installed the drivers. I need to update those, yeah, because it's got they're just the standard ones, so they probably need updating. So I've, I wonder when I've released that. the first episode of the Chinny Show. He's <laughs> coming soon. It's time for the Chinny <laughs> Show. Ah, see, consoles. They're still alive. We've still got it. <laughs> consoles. Now, interestingly, though, you know, you say the PC dead, but I think uh, the PC's on a bit of a revival, really. Really? Stu, you, you really think that? I think so. I've been looking around and no one's fucking playing it at the moment. Sarcasm <laughs> in my voice. Yeah, interestingly, though, when you go on Steam, it says how many people are currently online, and it was about four and a half million tonight when I was on there. Stu, I'm joking. The PC yeah. has come back. I, I'm I aware of this. I think it is a bit of a revival. But, but for, also said that PC game is dumb. But for different reasons, because I think it's becoming more of a platform for innovation, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and innovative games that are coming out on there. So, yeah, I don't think it's so much a platform. It is still a platform for AAA games, you know, like your hardcore shooter type stuff like Battlefield 3. But I think it's more for innovative indie games and sort of unusual stuff on there. And that's what I'm liking about it at the moment. So, and we've got, interestingly, we've got a couple of uh, PC-related stories in the news tonight when we go through that. Well, isn't that really? a fucking coincidence? Well... One of them you probably weren't going to realise was going to be a PC game, but we'll come through uh, that when we get to that later. So we'll talk about that when we And get... it'll blow your mind! It's going to blow your mind. Oh. Um, but I have been playing some console games this week. I have been still, you know, I'm still keeping oh, up. Oh, thank God. I know, I know. It's a good job. It's a good job. Uh, oh, I've got the days up- update from my friend for you. So oh, how yeah. he's getting on in days? And now, interestingly, Armor Two AZ, not days. Well, days, Daisy, whatever they call it. Anyway, uh, Armor Two, I can run. Okay, when I've checked it, can I run it? Uh, but the Operation Arrowhead DLC, I can't run the the expansion pack. It uh, needs a faster processor. So unfortunately, I can't run Days or Daisy. So I won't be playing it anytime soon because my processor just is not fast enough. He's not fast enough. Uh, but my friend is still playing it, and he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's really loving it now. He's really into it. Into he's this. He's been kidnapped yet? 
No, he hasn't been kidnapped, but uh, Grey Fox off the forums has offered to help him out. You know, come on, he's Grey Fox. Grey Fox. I am Grey Fox, are you Grey and, uh, Yeah, so he's going to get on there with him and show him the ropes. And we've got some interesting stuff off him later on when we do our emails and such like, because he's given us... I asked him, did he have any stories from Daisy or Daisy of stuff that has happened to him in the game? And he had some kind of interesting stuff, and I'm like, wow, that's... Uh, that's kind of cool. So we'll go through that later. What he, what's happened to him? Um, but it, it definitely is a lot of just stuff that happens to you and stuff that people do either to each other or helping each other that makes it the game that it is. Well, it's. Uh, I, d- I don't know whether this would ever work on a on a console. That's the interesting thing. I don't know whether it ever would. But yeah, I don't think. Why not? I don't know. I just think the type of people who play console games maybe wouldn't if take to it in the same snob. way. No, not snob, but I think snob. console gamers are a this bit This guy's like... new graphics card in for two days, and now it's, oh, it would <laughs> yeah. never work on a console. I don't think console gamers have the... Uh, yeah, uh, the but you're stupid. ...that PC gamers have. I mean, I jump into a multiplayer game and I say, hello, fellows, um, or ladies, because I know that ladies uh, play video games as let's, well. Let's cut to this, right, because, you know, we're veteran gamers. Oh, I need to keep talking now. We're problem? veteran gamers, and obviously we, you know, we're fairly mature and we'll act in a mature fashion, <laughs> hopefully. Uh, but there are a lot of younger players on Xbox and PS3, it's fair to say. And the PC. And the not, not quite so many. Yes. Crazy. Oh, not as many. Are you crazy? Fourteen-year-old nephew plays with all his friends from school, all on the PC. But, but Days or Daisy is is apparently very difficult to get up and running on your PC. It's not the easiest thing, apparently. My fourteen-year-old nephew has a seven hundred-pound PC, gaming PC. That's pretty. That he plays with all his friends. What does he play? Minecraft. There you go. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if he found out about Daisy, he'd be all over it. Yeah, he probably would. He possibly would. And he'd probably be an idiot on there. Exactly. And that's the difference, I guess. At the moment with Daisy, it's sort of mainly more hardcore sort of, I know how to make a PC work. You make so much assumptions. You know nothing about the people that play it. I do. But, you know, the people that play it seem to be... They're all smoking out of pipes. Oh, no. There's a a lot of arsehole in this game, from what I can gather, but they do it in a very realistic kind of way. They kidnap you. Yeah, they kidnap you at gunpoint. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah, that's mature. (laughs) It's maybe not necessarily mature, but it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a fat loser as well. (laughs) It's interesting. The people that kidnap other people, he's usually a loser. The people that are nice, they're the nice guys. He's like, "Uh uh-oh. So anyway, yeah, he's getting better at it, he says, and he's uh, more into is it. it. Is he? Well, he says so. He says he's getting better at it. Right. He hasn't found a weapon yet. He's still struggling to find a weapon. So, you know, but... Uh, in like three weeks! I know, and he still hasn't found a weapon. He's got lots of food, though. You can't find a weapon in the yeah. zombie apocalypse after three weeks. It's a dagger I see floating before me. Yeah, you're pretty screwed, aren't you? Uh, but yes, he's... Um, yeah, he's got lots of food, though. Lots of ammo still, but with no weapon. And he's he's come to a city, he said. So he's found a city, and he, you know, he's looking at that. And Don't so, trust anyone. Don't trust anyone. So hopefully Grey Fox will uh, sort him out and see that he's... Hello, I am Grey Fox. Uh, I've also been playing Dead Space on the iPad, uh, because that was in the sale for 69 pence. So oh, yeah. why not? And it's sort of in between Dead Space 1 and 2, this is set. So it's a right. the sort of continuation of the story in a different part of the time. Okay. Uh, 
And it's good. I mean, what they've done is they've optimised all the close-ups. Of, so the character model looks really, really good in the game. And they have this interesting uh, control scheme where you hold the back of his suit and you, you use that as... There's no virtual joypad. No, there's no on, on like visual display of control pad, is that? No, all... no. Yeah. So you stick I've your thumb that. on his back uh, and that works. Kind of, and the aiming works kind of good. It's, it's very much more... Like a Resident Evil type, although you can move and shoot, it's easier to it's easier to stop and shoot, you know, and aim up. So you make sure you're aiming at the right part of whatever's coming at you. Uh, works in much the same way as the normal game. It's probably the best controls in a third person action game I've played on the iPad. It works uh, better work- than Jesus, possibly, possibly mm-hmm. better than Jesus. Better than Journey? Um, no, Journey. Oh. Journey is a miracle. Journey is a miracle, though. Miracle? miracle. Well, I've come to a realisation uh, the other day that all my potential Game of the Year candidates so far are all... Potential indie games? Are either indie games <laughs> or arcade titles or PSN titles. So, yeah, I have... Tell you what, the next, the next game that Stu's going to lock is going to be called Pe, and it's going to be like a speck of dust. <laughs> All right, and it's going to be around like, a white bit of dust. It's <laughs> Pe. Have you played Pe? It's so intuitive. Well, it's just fucking shit. I found that you see when I were cleaning it out, to be honest. To be honest, Steam sound is going to be sold for a penny because everyone just goes, <laughs> Peh. Look, say what you like. The Walking Dead is awesome. One of the achievements is, Blah, Peh. And well, that's sort of not you an play, idiot. Peh, you <laughs> pretentious boss. <laughs> but it is a, an arcade title or a PSN game. Anyway, yeah. the other game. I've got a mech, Peh. Peh sounds great. Uh, the big game I've been playing this week uh, was Quantum Conundrum. Oh, um, yeah, I got that download, but I haven't played it yet. Now, I bought it on the PS3 because it's just easier because I can just use my credit card and job's done. I don't have to faff around buying points and then converting points to money and then money into game or any of that crap. Damn, you mean PlayStation's done something right in terms of yeah, making life prefer, easier? Yeah, I much prefer the just... I mean, the minimum is £5, so if it's over £5, it does the exact amount, which is better as well, you know. But if you Now, if, now hang on a second, Stu. Why, why do you keep a credit card number in your Sony PlayStation? No, 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 just do. Okay, because a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to keep a credit card number anywhere because of security, <laughs> which I understand. But if you were going to have that attitude toward one of your consoles, which company has suffered a major security breach in the last two years? Well, nothing happened to buy stuff. I was all right. Well, I'm saying, though, you want to risk it with Sony? Yeah. Yeah, but so. not with Microsoft. Yeah, well, Microsoft is just like, but I don't, well, I don't with Microsoft. They go and buy points, so, you know. Yeah, well... Why do I suddenly have all sorts of slowdown on Skyrim? I don't know. Anyway, so... You should stop playing video games! Pissing me off. Now, when... (laughs) Don't, please don't bring that back. Yeah, don't. (laughs) Now, when I bought this game, okay, I was going to talk about it, and I was going to try my very best not to compare it to Portal or Portal 2, you know. Sorry, what uh, name? uh, Quantum (laughs) Conundrum. Oh, Quantum Conundrum, right. I was going to... Well, how's that going, not comparing it to Portal? Very difficult. <laughs> so it's a portal ripoff then. Well, no, it isn't. It isn't. Say yes. It it feels more like <laughs> no. Like everybody's lives easier. It feels like it would be an expansion of Portal. Is okay. probably a better way of looking at it, as opposed uh-huh. to a direct ripoff. But just the it's so hard not to compare it because of the setup. And even the even the way it's it's all like the puzzle rooms linked with doorways, and once you know the whole point of it is is opening the door at the other side and getting out of the room, but using different mechanics than portal mechanics, if you will. Um, uh-huh. It it looks cool. 
it looks kind of cool, but you can see where they've cut corners because the the problem is between areas, you, you just walk down corridors and staircases and then you come to the next door and you go through and then you're in the next sort of puzzle area, if you will. And it's called a quiz room, not a test chamber. It's a uh, quiz room. But the trouble, the trouble with the corridors and stairways is that they're like cut and or copied and pasted, should I say, between areas. So... Every single one looks exactly the same as the other one. So you don't... You're meant to be in this big sprawling mansion house, Trout. But you don't sort of feel like you are because everything looks the same. You know what I mean? It, there's no... Yeah. There's no difference. It's just, and the same books are on the table. Some of them are identical to other, to other corridors you've walked through with the books in exactly the same position on the table and the exact same books there. And that that's a bit of a shame, but I guess it's it keeps the sort of memory down i guess and then the sort of what they had to create so that that's that was a little bit disappointing because it doesn't feel like you're in this house it feels like you're just in this place where there's puzzle chambers to to complete um the writing isn't as good and that's that's an issue as well and i'm trying to have you know oh don't compare it but it it tries to be funny but doesn't quite pull it off it does it, I don't know. It feels a bit contrived, like it's trying too hard to be funny, you oh, know. And be poor. yeah, and the, the the lines are delivered; they're just not delivered as well. You know, the timing's not spot on with the with the comedy. You know, and it's you know when someone tra- is trying to be funny and you do a forced laugh because I, you I have no idea what it's like. like trying to be funny. <laughs> but you know, some of the- <laughs> you try nice. to be polite. You know, and you just do a bit of a false laugh, and it feels a bit like that. Like you know, they were trying to Stop be funny. If somebody's not funny, I'm just going to stare at them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I think that you know, a couple of the things have made me chuckle a little bit, but it's been more missed than hit uh, as far as the screen. And the voice acting, oh, this podcast, yeah, the voice acting, although it's okay, again, it's not, it's not fantastic. Um, the setup's fine, though. I mean, the setup is you're, you know, you're his nephew, and you've been bundled off to his house to stay there. And when you go there, something's gone belly up, all the power's gone off, and basically the whole story of the game is you've got to restore the power to the house so that he can escape from wherever he's trapped at the moment, wherever mm-hmm. the professor is trapped. Um, the puzzles themselves are kind of good on the whole. They're very clever. Kind of good. They're very clever. You, you're given, as we, you know, we've heard a lot about this game prior to it coming out. So you get the, the first power you get is fluffy power, which allows you to make everything in your vicinity light. So if you click on that, it makes it light. Um, you know, and the very early puzzles, which, you know, we've heard about a lot is, you know, if you pick up a safe when it's in fluffy mode and then throw it towards a window and then change it back to normal, it'll crash through the window because it changes back into a safe as an example of of the type of puzzle you're going to get. Interesting. Then you get heavy, and then you have to start combining fluffy with heavy. There's lasers, like, everywhere. Is Um, there sharks? No sharks that I've noticed, but there are definitely lasers. Oh, there's no, like, sharks with freaking laser beams on their hands or anything like that? No, but there's a lot of lasers. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, and this is another issue uh, with the game, so I'll go through the negative stuff first, okay? If you get hit by a, la- a laser, it is insta-death. Do you know where is in, like, Portal? If you get hit by a laser, you can maybe withstand it two or three times before you actually die, so it, it yeah. doesn't kill you straight away. With this, if you if you just touch one, you're dead. And then it's a reload, and probably listening to this... I like that. In the game we, we played last week. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happens. Um, 
But the biggest issue I've got, what is what is the worst thing in a game that's in first-person viewpoint? When it stabs you in the eyes? No. That's pretty bad. So what is the worst gameplay mechanic as a first-person game? Climbing? Not with necessary climbing. But what's the other thing that's really difficult to do when you're in a first-person view? Pick your nose? No. Just tell us. Platform. You know, jumping yes. from one platform to another. Yes. It's and you should have given me that. I know, he was nearly right. And there is a lot of platforming in this game. And these, they've not done a bad job. I think they've tried to give you an area around each object so you, you, know, you can land on it. But you miss a lot more than hit on the whole. So I've spent a lot of time dying just because I've misjudged where I'm landing on a table or a chair or the edge of a safe or whatever it may be. And it isn't... It makes, you you know, when you've worked out the puzzle is fine, but when you try and execute how to solve it, if it involves platforming, it makes it that much more difficult to do. And there's a lot of platforming in this game so far. And it just, because obviously you've no idea where your feet actually are because it's just the camera looking out, isn't it? So that's probably my biggest gripe with it, that there's a lot of platforming. And, and although it's probably the best first-person platforming I've come across because it's not awful, but it's still annoying as hell when you fall off the edge of something, you know. And the other thing is, you know, like in Portal, and this is the other thing, I guess, in Quantum Gun, you know, in Portal, if you don't work it out and you try something it doesn't quite work, most often than not, you won't die, will you? You'll just, have to, you just have to work yeah. it out again. In this, pretty much, if you make a mistake, you die. Okay. On the whole. And, and you know, you're meant to be playing as... An 11-year-old lad, aren't you? That's what you supposedly are. And you die an awful lot for an 11-year-old, bless him. So it does seem a bit odd. It's, it's quite a punishing it game. It's quite a punishing. So I've just got to the third power. So I've, I've completed all the first section of the game. Uh, and overall, I must admit, I did get those moments of... It still has those... Ah... Uh, moments, you know, those eureka yeah, moments. Oh, when you go to the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's it's still got coming enough. Gold, everyone coming to gold. This is why he doesn't. <laughs> it's still um, it's coming. still got enough of those eureka moments to keep me hooked in. You know where where I'm sort of you know I'll come to a puzzle. I'm like I have no idea what the hell I'm. What am I supposed to be doing? What am I supposed to be doing? And then you figure it out. You're like ah, that's what I need to do. Um, so it still has that. So they've managed to capture that. So I'm I'm quite impressed with that. Um, but I can see once it starts combining all four powers together that there's going to be a lot of fun trying to work out what the hell I'm supposed to do. So, But yeah, it looks great. I mean, the, the graphics are really good. It's got a nice art style to it. Uh, the, like, the animation's fairly cool. The, you know, but then the sort of the important stuff, I guess, with a puzzle game, if you're going to try and put a story in there, I think you've got to make sure your voice acting's good and your scripting's excellent, really, and it's not quite the... It's not quite there. I'm not that bothered about this professor dude. I don't really know who he is. What, what? is this only on the PC? Is it? No, no, no. This is PS3. Uh, oh, PS3, PC. sorry. Yes. So I'm playing it on the PS3, uh, but it is available on PC as well. If you've got a you know a PC that can run it, you know. Is it on the Xbox or not? It is indeed. I played the. Funnily enough, I played the demo on the Xbox and downloaded it on the PS. You are crazy. <laughs> Mental. Because I happened to be on when it was game on. I was like, oh, I'll have you seriously thought about therapy? Because this isn't normal. <laughs> Not you need help. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you need to see someone. Like so I, I I played the demo on 360, the full game on PS3, and I've just bought it on Steam. No, I didn't really. <laughs> so, uh, but yes, it's uh, it. 
I would say the 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 biggest thing with it is it's it's eight pounds on the PS3. No, so I'm assuming it's twelve hundred points on the on the 360. It's definitely worth that money. You know, it's it's not. I'm not jumping up and down crazily about it, and going it's the best game I've ever played or the best puzzle game I've played since Portal or anything like that. But it's definitely worth eight pounds of anybody's money, you know, because it's, uh, it's it seems to have a lot going on and there's lots of puzzles to to complete in it, and they're all pretty taxing, you know. The but if you can get past the dodgy platforming, you'll be fine, is what I would say. Um, yeah, huh? and that's sort of it for me this week. Quantum Conundrum. I'll hopefully have it finished back mm. next week. That's my so, game. What's your review noise for it? Is the most important thing. My review noise for this would be, I guess, uh, sort of a bit like that, I suppose. Yeah, like a dog. Yeah, yeah. Sort of a bit like uh, you know, it's sort of. You know. Well done on simulating that same noise again. Well done. I know it's impressive, isn't it? So yeah, that's what I would say. It's, it's sort of all right. But not brilliant. Not brilliant. But it's okay. It's okay. It's worth a, it's worth a punt. So play Fair the demo. Enough. If you like the demo, you'll probably like the game. So after go. all that, throw right. something that they could have tried anyway. Yeah, yeah. So Sweet. give it a give it a give it a whistle. Give it a whistle. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah, Duke. What have you been up to yeah. on your Mac Stroke PC? Going crazy with my stuff. Um, where is my list of stuff? Oh yeah, we had our Full House Poker Play Day. That was fun. Um, cheers to everybody who showed up for that. Nick P, Heathen, Mears, Thumble, and I played a few rounds of that. And uh, Step J showed up like apparently ten minutes after we left, and I thought they were going to keep playing, and but apparently they didn't, so he missed out on that. Sorry, dude. We'll catch you next time. I apologize for the confusion. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, apparently Section Eight Prejudice was on offer this week, and Nick yep. P asked me, "Hey." Is it worth getting for, you know, what, 600 Microsoft points? And I said no because I looked on the – because I hadn't played it in a while. So I looked on the um, servers to see who was playing it. And the answer is nobody is playing that game. Nobody is. There is nobody playing that game. Do you know know what, Duke? I'm actually proud of you. Well, you know, see, that's the thing. Because you could have quite easily gone, oh, yeah, it's the best game ever. Yeah, you must get it. Oh, it's it's a party. And I know that the single player sucks. I never even finished the single player on that game. A single player now? Yeah, Section 8 Prejudice has a single player campaign. I mean, campaign. There's a whole bunch of these, like, open battlefields, and then it's like, you got to do this one objective on the battlefield. It's And then, like, it has a cutscene, and then you show up on another battlefield. And it's like, now you got to do this other objective. And it's all just the multi. They shouldn't have even bothered, because it's just about the multiplayer. Yeah, but man. was it. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like um, Unreal Tournament, those sorts of games. They, 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 oh. always, they always had a single-player game, but it was right. literally just training for the multiplayer, really. Exactly, that's, and that's, that's what a, this is. Yeah. So they should have just had a few basic training missions and then just said, here, go nuts. And, you know, here's the thing. I think that I, I have fun with it, even if there's no one playing, because the bots... Mm, the, the medium difficulty isn't too frustrating, and it's kind of fun to just sort of go up against them. They're predictable. There's no doubt about it, but whatever. I, I don't mind that so much. Um, so it depends on who's interested, but by and large, I would say probably most people will not like this. So I'm going to say yes, most people probably shouldn't get it. But I hadn't played it in a while, and so I had it up, and I was like, I'll give it another go. 
God, I forgot how awesome that game is. Oh, <laughs> Section A Prejudice Rules. I love that game. So what now, was it What was it like for you and the other two people playing it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was on top of the leaderboard. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, but it's just so awesome to be on a team. And, and that's the th- there actually were about 10 people in the game that I was playing. So we got into a certain rhythm where... Like by the end of the game, we had it, there's this one mat where there's all these rocks everywhere, and some of the rock formations are pretty tall. So we were on top of one of the rock formations, just putting up sentry guns and anti-aircraft guns and missile launchers, and I mean we were impenetrable. Nobody could get close to us, and we had things that auto healed all of these machines. So it was just this fortress of machinery destroying everything in its path. Uh, and it was great. So I really had a lot of fun with that. So, yay, Section 8 Prejudice. Hooray. Uh, I've also been playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption lately because, uh, yeah, I got into Mexico. And you know what's funny? That moment when you get into Mexico, of course, everyone knows what I'm talking about. And the music starts playing. What's the guy's name, Chinny? What? The guy who plays the music when you get to Mexico in Red Dead? Something. That song you really like. You said you <laughs> like his music. And yeah. it's a song from him when you get to Mexico. What's the guy's name? Dude. <laughs> All right. Well, you're listening to the it's, song from. Dude. I believe it's. Is it Vingy uh, someone Gonzalez? Is it Jose Gonzalez? Jose Gonzalez. Right, that's who okay. it is. Anyway, uh, I was waiting reason... for Chini before I said it. You know, I didn't want to steal his thunder, but obviously I might as well have done. I didn't know, but yeah, Jose Gonzalez. It is Jose <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, that song starts playing. It's a great song, and. I for, I for some reason, I thought when you first get to Mexico, there's a really long path you have to ride your horse on before you get to anybody. So you heard the whole song when you're riding in. But that's not the way it is because before I knew it, like a minute of the song had gone by, but here's this dude trying to hook up his little flying machine so he can go over the cliff. And I was like, that's weird. I'm already encountering people. And then I start the cutscene, and then song ends. So that was kind of an annoying thing because they should give you – like a long place where you have to just ride and therefore you'll hear all the song. But that happened to me. Like, I, I, as soon as it stopped, I arrived at the town. See, that's the thing. I didn't actually go into town. So I probably should have gone into town rather than stopping at the first person I saw who could do something with. But mm. whatever. Anyway, great game. Red Dead, of course, is awesome. I love it. Brilliant. And Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, I don't know what to say. I'm making my way through it. Rockstar. And, and rockstar. You know nothing about Rockstar. Yeah, you know um, nothing. Yeah, so the Steam thing, man, I don't know what happened. The last time I tried to run Steam on my computer, uh, I didn't really have a lot of success. Now, apparently, that was on my old Mac Mini. So I got it, you know, I set, the Steam sale came up recently, and I was like, I'll just take a look. And then I was like, you know what, I want to see if I can run uh, Team Fortress 2 on this new computer. And it works great! I'm totally playing Team Fortress 2 now. I got KOTOR to run on my Mac now. It runs beautifully. Again, I thought it would be all buggy and slow and choppy. It's not. It looks like it came out yesterday and I have a top-of-the-line computer. It's so awesome. So I bought The Binding of Isaac, which that game is kind of fun, but it's also kind of duh, because it's, it's, it's just not my cup of tea, I think. Uh, for those who don't know, it is a top-down kind of adventure game, sort of like the original Zelda. Uh, but the, the hook is, and, and it's a really weird, dark story. Like, it's about this little kid who his mom hears God tell him, uh, tell her, uh, sacrifice your child. And she's about to go in the room to kill him, and he sees a trap door, and he goes down into the trap door. And then you're in this basement full of monsters. That's the whole game. So it's really weird. Mm-hmm. And um, 
the gameplay is, like I say, top-down. And so the hook is that it's all randomly generated. And so, I mean, sort of, within limits, obviously. But, uh, so every time you play the game, it's different. And so you go in, and, and so there will be a room with, you know, three flies buzzing around, and you throw rocks at them, and you, I guess you cry at them. Your, your initial uh, distance weapon is your tears or something. Wow. I can't really tell what's going on. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, and it's really dark. Like, again, like, there's, like, mutant babies down there and stuff. And you're a very small child. So it's a really weird aesthetic to the game. It's interesting, but it's bizarre. And I played it a few times. I, I, it was, like, a dollar and a half. So, again, like, I don't... That's the thing with the Steam sale. Even if I don't really care for the game, I'm like, I, w- I only paid a dollar and a half. And the other thing I realized about the Steam sale is this... There aren't many games for the Mac on Steam, which is a shame, because there are a number of games that are available for the Mac that they should have on Steam. Like the Modern Warfare games I know are around on the Mac. Dragon Age is around for the Mac. Uh, there's others. That, you know, Assassin's Creed, you can buy at like MacGamesStore.com and stuff. So here's what, Steam, here's what I'm doing. Every time I buy a game for my Mac on Steam, I am sending Valve the message, hey, yes, there are Mac people playing these games, and we do want more stuff available for us, please. So the way I look at it, even if I don't even like the game, it's not that I amount the money. It's that I have used that money to send a message to Valve. Yeah, no, and, and I guess that's what you've got to do, isn't it? But, I mean, the fact that they introduced Steam to Mac and stuff, you know, they obviously know there are Mac users out there. Yeah, and it's a good sign that they care enough about us to make sure that there are games available for us. But, but how much is it the developer's um, responsibility to port it to Mac yeah. than it is Steam? No doubt, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so, but, but I think there's probably, it's a two-way street, like, if, if, because if Steam can go to somebody and say, like, hey, look, you have Dragon Age for the Mac, but it doesn't sell very well because a lot of people assume they can't run it, bring it us to, or they can't find, you know, the Macs and gaming have a long and not very good history, so it's, I think it's very hard to sell games to Mac users, and that's why I think this is the best way to do it, because, Steam does a good job of making sure the stuff can run, and for some reason, running it through the Steam engine just seems to work so much better than running them as independent games. Mm-hmm. So, whatever. Um, I also got one called Space Pirates and Zombies, which is pretty funny. Huh. Uh, uh, it's <laughs> good. A good. It's map. a... It, it is a good game, and it's it's like uh, if anybody ever played Escape Velocity back in the day, it's a lot like that. It's a top down. It kind of looks like Asteroids, but obviously much better graphics, and you know you have dialogue windows and stuff popping up. Um, but it's you're, you're you're you sort of pilot this little tiny ship, and you're you're mostly just collecting resources at the first, but then you start fighting some ships in a very simplistic way, and you can tell that there are storylines, and and you you go through these like. Um, you know, like uh, interstellar gates, so that you can go from one solar system to the next, and and all this stuff. And it's uh, yeah, it, it's it's kind of funny because at one point you are um, um, they're giving you instructions for your new spaceship that you get, and it says if you happen to be exposed to the vacuum of space, please proceed to the nearest eyewash station and rinse thoroughly. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny, and uh, yeah, so that's kind of cool. And like I said, so I is it? So can I? Can I ask you, is that, is that game like a sort of collect resources and fight off aliens and do missions for people then? It is about doing missions. Um, I haven't fought off many aliens, but there, you know, there's this like galactic empire type thing that's trying to step all over everybody, and so you have to like, kind of fight back against them. And I mean, I've only played it for about an hour or so, so I don't really know the depths of the story, but, but it is very much about, yeah, sort of picking which side you want to affiliate with, and then there's all these different, you know, thread lines you can pursue and stuff like that. And I think... Because Escape Velocity did this really well. Like, 
that format allows for some good storytelling without requiring a whole lot of work on the programmer side because all the only real uh, design you need to do is the faces of the people who show up in the dialogue boxes yeah. uh the, the design of the ships and the explosions and the fire you know the lasers and all that and then the dialogue like that's it that's all you really need to design so it's so so it seems like the people who made this game put a lot of time into coming up with a decent story and writing some amusing dialogue so that you will have those things which are really more important than you know scenery and all that other stuff in a game like this so. Yeah, I mean, that does sound like, um, you know, a bit like Elite back in the day, a more advanced yeah, version of that, yeah, space yeah. trading and stuff. And I'm playing one on the iPad, which I haven't mentioned, but I'm playing it on and off called uh, Gal- it now, I Galaxy been. Under Fire 2. So if you if you like that sort of old school uh, with a modern twist on it, that's definitely one to look out for on the iPad. It, it looks Listen great and plays well. Yeah, it plays yeah. very well. Yeah. But I'll talk so about that when I've played it more. So if people are on Steam, totally add me, man. I'm Duke Scath, all one word, and you should put me on your friends list. And I have, I bought another game called Nuclear Dawn, and uh, when I bought it, it came with three three-day trial passes. So if anybody wants one of those, Stu, I think you said you want one, so I'll give you one. Yep. But if anybody else wants one, then I have those. And here's the other thing. It's competition time! Because when I bought Nuclear Dawn for $5, because it's one of the only first-person shooters available for the Mac, they also gave me a copy of the game to gift to someone. So, if you were, apparently this is the full game. I got two copies for the price of one. If you would like a copy of Nuclear Dawn, what you should do is write into me, duke at veterangamers.co.uk, and... I will pick somebody from that from all the people who uh, write to me. You have to be on Steam, obviously. Um, but if you do, and tell me your Steam name, and tell me why you think you deserve uh, a copy of Nuclear Dawn, and yeah, I'll pick a winner when I get back from my road trip, and uh, you'll get a free copy of that game. Yay! Oh, those sound kind of people will get cool. copies of uh, the trial demo thing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very good. Anything else? I think that's it. Is that it? A lot of stuff. It's a lot a of stuff. Just, right, I'll just send you an email. I'll just send you an email for that, mate. So, <laughs> so Chinny, what have you been up to? Nothing. Uh, None. So, where have I been playing? Where have I been playing? Car shopping. Car shopping. Car shopping, yeah. 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 Trying to buy a car. Um, I finished The Walking Dead episode one. Okay. Um, what, did you, what was, did you think? I wasn't far from the end. I was pretty much... Near the end, I just had to find some keys for the pharmacy. Oh, uh, yeah. Game of the year? Uh, um, not game of the year, but definitely very, very good. Very good. Um, and from what I've heard, uh, I've got nothing to worry about on episode two as well. So, super impressed. Uh, very engaging. Short and sweet. Does, does what it needs to do. Very impressive. It will be getting another purchase from me. I'll be downloading episode two when I get some time. To play oh, it, yeah. Uh, do you know, do you know. Actually, I am worried about the game. Why? I'm worried, worried about because, it because, yeah, because on reflection, I'm really worried that something really crappy and horrible is going to happen to Clementine by the end. 
But you know what? That just shows that you actually care about him. I know. The characters, it's and working. I'm really, really worried about her, bless her, you know, because I really look after her. And there's a, there's a moment that you have to do something in the second episode, and I was, like, really worried for her and everything. And I'm, I'm, I'm they're, they're going to kill her, aren't they, at some point? Or they're going to change her into a zombie, or something shitty is going to really happen. Uh, well, you, you don't know. You don't know. Oh, I know, but, you know, the, I'm not being funny. You know, you, you, you've got to understand with The Walking Dead, there's going to be no happy ending you know because it's the walking dead for crying out loud you're stuck in a zombie there's not going to be a happy ending i tell you now this game is it probably won't a... but you never know there could be a season two though so maybe but i'll tell you what I, I bet there's not many characters from season one survive to be honest. or or never changes yeah and, I'm, and, and i am kind of worried but also like you said it does make me realize how well written this game is and how... uh, you're, you're worried about it because you're involved not because the game's going to be shit so yeah, no, I'm not worried about the game being shit. I'm worried about shit stuff happening to people in the game. Yeah, well, that's a different type of worry. That's yeah, like... but, yeah, great. Very You're cool. blessed that you have a game like that in your life, Stu. I know, but it's just a pity. It's such a grim game. <laughs> it is, but it's fun. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, I played that, finished that. That was good. Enjoyed that. A lot of fun. Um, I've also started, and... No, well, I, I said this last week. I started Mass Effect Three. Yep, yep. Twenty-one hours in it now. Wow, so you're away. I'm, I'm well in it. Uh, a few hours in the multiplayer as well. I've been trying the multiplayer. Uh, Are there still also, plenty of people playing that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still active. Still people going on. Um, basically, the multiplayer. I mean, this has been said a million times. People should know this, but it's horde mode. The multiplayer is horde mode. Um. I, I really like the multiplayer. I was super impressed by it. I, I didn't think I would be. I thought it'd be something I'd just pick up and just go, yeah, give it a go. But I really like the multiplayer. It's so much fun. Um, it's just cool. It's just horde mode in Mass Effect. And it just works. It absolutely works. Okay. Everybody has different powers. All, you, all the people online have different powers. And very, very diverse. Very different from each other. Or they can be. Um, really impressed, really impressed. Cool enemies. Um, sometimes like they're massive and they're huge, and you have a couple like, yeah, and it's just great. Really good cop game. I've been playing it with GH Rocker. Oh yeah, a little bit. So me and him have been playing it a little bit together, and he's, uh, I mean, he's just souped up to the max here because he's got lots of different characters uh, leveled up. Um, but yeah, really like it. Very impressed. So what can I can I ask? What's your galactic readiness at then? Uh, it's about eighty percent, roughly. That's pretty moment. good. That's pretty at good. At the moment, yeah. So cause I mean, I've been playing quite a bit of multiplayer. I was going to say, it, it seemed to me, well, obviously I didn't play any multiplayer and it just took forever to go up anything. Oh, that's right. Because this, this this, for those who don't know, the multiplayer on Mass Effect 3 interacts with the single player. The more you yeah. play the multiplayer. Yeah, so there's, there's two. I mean, basically, the difference between, like, in, in Mass Effect 2, what you're doing throughout the game is recruiting a squad. You, you're recruiting individuals. In Mass Effect 3, you're recruiting armies. You're recruiting fleets of ships and to, to, to fight the Reapers. So, you know, that that's pretty much the whole game. So it's it's very similar to 2, um, but different in some ways. And I I, uh, I really like it. I just, I just love it. I'm just so into it now. And, the, yes, the multiplayer is kind of like a galactic realness. It gives you percentage and how the, these, these little battles are, are fought across the, the different planets and... If the if we're winning and you know things like that, and the more you play the multiplayer, the more the percentage goes up, and the more you log data, get it better. 
better ending, I think. Um, and mine is pretty full already. Like, I've done, been doing a lot of missions, keeping a lot of people happy. Um, yeah, do, you so not, I, do you not find, though, that, you know, for me, if I'd have been playing, I would have found having to do that. And to be fair, I feel like I should have done it because, obviously, my I never got the, the amount I needed for me full galactic readiness, even though I'd done nearly everything you could in the single-player game. And I think that was a bit frustrating for me because I didn't really want to play the multiplayer because I felt like it was a distraction, you know, that took you away from playing the single-player campaign. I think it's good. I mean, I suppose it's not fair for people that don't like multiplayer, but I, I, yeah. I do think they've done a good job on it. Yeah. I think they've done a, a great job in making it just fun, and I really like it. I, I really get a kick out. I think Duke would like it as well. I don't know if yeah. you played it, Duke. I, don't, I, don't think I you haven't. Have, you haven't no. played Mass Effect at all, have you? No, not three, no. No, okay. Maybe well, I'll make that my mission when I get back from the trip. I think so, and you know, all, all the the old char- characters pop up. Yeah. Um, you'll be playing. I think Duke's one of his Duke's favorite characters from two pops up definitely. Oh, nice Legion. Yeah, yeah Legion's Yay. there. Um, He's awesome. Well, um, if he survived, he was oh, de- he was yeah, dead like, in my game. He died in your game, but yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's everybody survived. The whole squad survived in mine, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I've just done a very big Legion mission, which was very cool. Um, I think you'd be impressed by it, Duke. Cool. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, it's it's great. It's more of two. It's brilliant. I'm back into it. The Citadel stuff, you know, you keep going back to the Citadel. That is a bit annoying. Because, um, yeah. I, mean, the, the, I mean, every other mission, Duke, you basically get a message saying... Meet me back at the Citadel, and you're like, Gee, you know, yeah. You know, like, you know, the thing, the thing I found is the Citadel has changed so much between games. It looks nothing like it did in it's one. It's huge, isn't it? so you can get away with it. It can kind of go, well, this yeah. is a different part of the Citadel now. So, yeah. 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 So I did find that was a bit odd. A bit odd that yeah, it's. I just, I just think of it like, oh, this is a different part of the Citadel that we didn't see last time. That's all I think. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, it's good. It is good. It is very good. And have you have you downloaded the DLC to play the the new ending, or are you waiting until you've well, played it on the standard ending? Well, I, I should because I've rented the game, so I bought the online pass. Ah, okay. I thought I'm just going to buy the online pass because I want to see what it's like. So, but uh, I haven't downloaded the extended cut because I want to see what the fuss was about. Yeah, um, I'm totally going to do that. When I see what the fuss is about, then I'll download the extended cut and then see what. The other fuss was about, but to be honest, like I'm, I'm because my expectancy is pretty low for the ending. I'm not really that fussed. Like I'm having such a good time playing the game. It's such a good. I mean, Duke, it's more of two, right? Oh, yeah, it is awesome. And you know what's funny right. about about that is that. The, I remember when two came out. I was like, yeah, I'll play it at some point. I'll play it at some point. And then like I put it off for several months when I finally played it I was like why was I waiting to play yeah. this I well, love I put this it, I put two off for a year yeah. I put two off for a year and I did the same thing but now I mean I'm playing Mass Effect 3 pretty recently after it came out not too long and it's just awesome like obsessed about it love it it's yeah. so good so good I think I think you'll be fine with the ending Chini. I, don't, I don't think you'll have any issues with it I'm not really thinking about it no I think you'll be really, fine uh, not really thinking about it, but it's uh, it's great. I mean, yeah. So I'm, I'm about 21, 22 hours in. Done a lot of stuff for the Krogans, all sorts of stuff, and Quarians. All, all characters are popping up. Um, great, great. I think 
I'm probably about halfway in. Yeah, I would have said easily halfway. If I remember rightly, it took me about 32, 33 hours to finish. It feels like, it feels like I'm about halfway because I've been taking my time a lot. Um, so what do, you, what do you think of all the decisions you have to make where you have to side with different races and stuff like that? How have you found those? Yeah, I mean, the only thing about it, I think, I think Greg was talking about this, and he said like the Renegade and the Paragon options in this one feel less... Important. They 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 don't feel like you're being a rebel so much. It just feels like you're saying it in a harsher way, but you're saying the same thing. It doesn't feel like um, you're being a renegade. It feels like you're just shouting. Yeah, and all, all, what I found interestingly, I I pissed one race off because I didn't sort of side with them, but they ended up giving me their support anyway for another reason. So it was almost like, yeah, well, you screwed that up, but we'll, you know, if you do this thing, then you can still get them on side sort of thing. So it almost gives you yeah. a bit of a let off. And I, um, I was talking to my mate, and he said he did something. There's a, one mission where you have to do something, and if you do it one way, you get one thing, and he did it the other way, and he got another, and it was kind of looked like it balanced out anyway. Yeah, it does. It so does. it doesn't really it doesn't it doesn't feel like your choices matter so much, but it's all smoke and mirrors anyway, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's so much fun. It's still a lot of fun, um, and you do feel like you you know everyone in the in the game. You do feel like you, you know characters come up and you go, yes, I know them. Or sometimes you they they know who they are, and then you'll recognise them, and you're like, oh, I remember him in two, and it, yeah, it's great, brilliant. One so, of my one of my favourite little things was the um, the wall of remembrance on the ship, you know, just outside the lift. Which right. is obviously, I think, a, a, an allusion to like nine eleven and stuff. Yeah, like it's that. very cool. But it was, it, you know, it's a bit grim because it's everyone who's died during your game. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of cool when you look at all the people who've died in your game and think, shit. Yeah, I remember them. Oh, I remember that character. Oh, yeah, God, yeah, yeah, that happened to them, or this happened when they were doing that. Or, and I think that really does trigger the memories of playing the the previous two games, and I really like that. And also, as people die in this game, the names appear on the board as you walk past it. You know, they obviously add them in as you as you kill them off in There's this little game. Little touches like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, but I, yeah, I suppose my big my biggest critique of it is. Your choices don't feel like choices anymore. It feels like you either say say something calmly or you shout it, but it's pretty much the same mm-hmm. thing. Um, but I, I, Duke, you haven't got anything to worry about, but by all means, it's still a great yeah. game, very enjoyable, sure. cool missions, cool moments. You know, I'm telling you the little tiny, tiny problems of it, but I'm not telling you the fantastic awesomeness oh, of sure. some of the we missions. Because spend, I want you to... assume that yeah, it's, it's an awesome game. I want you to find those out. Um, sure. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. So uh, if you are like to call me and you've held off, just just fucking hurry up and play it because it's great. Yeah, I think I think that's been the case with quite a few games this year, you know, uh, for you guys. So yeah, that's good. It's good to hear yeah. you enjoying it too. So, so yeah, I have got Spec Ops the Line sitting here, um, but I haven't played it yet. I could have probably played it and finished it twice by the time I played Mass Effect, but. I just want to crack on with Mass Effect. I've started Mass Effect two, three now, and I'm just like, this is it. This is all I'm playing at the moment. This is it. I just want to. I don't want to distract myself with anything else. This is it. Mass yeah. Effect. Sometimes you just need to focus. Yeah. I just. I want to know where I am in the story. I know exactly what's going on. I know what mission I'm on. I know who I've encountered. I know what choices I've made. I want it all fresh in my mind. So any chance I get, I'm on Mass Effect three. I don't want to confuse myself with any more different stories or plots and all this nana bollocks that. 
last Thursday. That's it. Good. Really good. Fantastic. It's so, probably one of the best games I've played so far this year. Uh, if, not the, if not the best. We'll see if that continues once you get to the uh, to the end anyway. So we'll yeah, see if you're yeah. still enjoying it as much. Um, so that's it for this bit of the show. And I guess it's time to do the indie pick somewhere. Indie game review. review. Hello, friends. Vlados here. The word perdition, meaning eternal damnation or hell, comes to us from the Latin perdo, I destroy. As in, I destroy the soul. In the New Testament, Judas is given the name, Son of Perdition, to indicate his status as a damned individual, to be punished eternally for betraying Jesus Christ. It's also the name of a new indie game on the Xbox. This is a top-down adventure, much like the first Zelda game. Your character moves through a series of labyrinths in search of, well, something. Escape, probably. I wouldn't want to stay in those mazes forever. Along the way, naturally, you are attacked by all manner of creature and critter. This is not a fancy game. The graphics are beyond basic, the animation is clunky, and the sound is simple. Some of the mechanics are well implemented. For example, spider webs appear around every corner, and they slow you down just a little. But the combat is like something out of Pong, and there's zero story to speak of. Perdition is an interesting escapade, with some depth by way of gathering loot and variety of monsters. It's not a very compelling experience, but for it might be a fun little distraction, especially if you like classic top-down adventure games. Perdition is 80 Microsoft points on Xbox Indie Games which now has its own little box on the main games page on the Xbox dashboard home thing whatever it is. Vlados is out like a trout with no clout. Oh, there you go. There you go. That is cool that they gave indie games a little more promo spot space. I'm also glad that they took that fourth row of boxes off the main page. That was getting ridiculous with all the ads. Now they've dropped it back to the three rows of boxes, which is good. Yeah. No, that's good. Um, yeah. I have to sort of disagree with Vlados this week. Oh, okay. shit. What a shock. That's, that's something that never happens. Uh, because the, re- the main reason being that she said there's no real story to speak of, but I think there's enough story to sort of set it up, and I think that's I think it's kind of cool, the setup. I quite like the setup of it. You know, the sort of you've obviously murdered... Guilty, not guilty. Then. Yeah, I like the idea that you have to choose, and it doesn't really matter which one you choose. I chose the not guilty, and he's like, oh, well, he's just lying to us, pretending he isn't guilty, so you've got to go and spend your time in perdition, and if you can find a way out, then you'll get forgiven, sort of thing. And I quite like the setup. I thought that was kind of cool. What kind of game puts smoke and mirrors on decisions? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really? who would do a thing like that? I mean, you don't get any AAA games doing that shit. No, never. Yeah. I did really like the the fact that it sort of gives you a choice of things to take in with you. Uh, and I, and I, it took me quite a while. I wasted quite a bit of the demo just sort of trying to figure out which thing was probably the most useful to take into the into the perdition caves or whatever you call it with me, you know. And I ended up going with the uh, the rucksack uh, because I thought that would be useful for carrying stuff in, you know. So that's what I decided to go with. Uh, what did you two decide on to take? I couldn't play it. You couldn't. Why? I couldn't. Here's why. Uh, my uh, credit card recently went kaput, and so I need to um, 
get uh, Xbox Gold, but it doesn't make sense for me to get it before I leave on my big trip. So I'm just uh, sitting here waiting for nothing. Oh, well, there you go. Apparently, I couldn't download it because I went to download it and it's like, you are not authorized to download this sort of game. And I'm like, Weird. So, you, so when you've no, so if you haven't got Xbox Live Gold, you uh, can't download indie games. I That's guess right, not. Yeah. I don't know. It's gold exclusive. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah. Wow, I never knew that. I guess I didn't realize that either. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Wow. There you go. So we're perking every crazy. week. We are every week. We are advertising for Xbox Gold, man. Without oh, realizing. Baby. Hey, Microsoft, give us some money. God, I can't believe that because, you know, you would have thought that would have made sense for Silver members to be able to buy those games. That's another sort of almost like kick to the indie developers because it's like only gold people can play it. God. That's a little perk. Well, I guess it depends how you look at it, isn't it? If you were the developer, though, you'd like everybody to have access, wouldn't you? Not just the people who've got gold. Developers, developers, developers. Developers, developers. Chini, what did you think then? Um, I can't remember what I took in. What were ah. some of the options? I can't remember. There was there was like um, there was like a dagger. There was like a rucksack. Oh, I, I think there was an oil lamp or something like that. Or do you get that as you just go in the door? No, so you get that. You get, you, that. you get that given to you, don't you? The oil lamp. And I like the fact that there was some parallels to sort of like amnesia. You know, it's sort of like you've got an oil lamp, but if you if you put it on full so you can see a bigger area, it's going to burn up your oil quicker, and then it'll run out. And if you're in the dark, you're going to get killed. So I kind of like that little mechanic. Um, I can't remember where I took in, but I, I'm not a fan of that kind of dungeon crawly type game for some reason. Yeah. I just don't get into them. I don't. I don't get into them. I think it's me. I think it's me. It does. Um, I can see that it was trying something new, but I, it really didn't sell. I just, it just, just not my type of game at all. No. So. I like the atmosphere of it. I thought it was very dark, very grim. Not just dark as in it's dark, but dark as in it's quite, it feels like a grim game. You know, you're sort of going in and, you you know, you're probably going to get killed at some point because that's the whole point of the game. You know, I, I do, I mean, it didn't see, it seemed fairly simple to begin with, but I would imagine that that ramps up pretty quickly. You know, I would imagine as you get deeper in, um, you know, and go down each level, it's going to get harder with traps and enemies and, stuff going on because you get a dagger don't you from the skeleton as you walk in so you do get your dagger given to you anyway skeleton yeah uh oh and i i, I debated taking a map there's a map available as well that shows you where stuff is in the first few levels uh, so there was there was a few things on the table of chance it was called i believe so you go to the table of chance and take one item and hopefully it'll help you get through your it's a good idea, table though. of chance yeah yeah, it was a great. Game. I think it's a great good idea. Game, good game, good game. But yeah, I think it's a good little sort of worth a look indie game. So if you want something that's a little bit different, I think it's only eighty points, wasn't it? I don't think yeah, it's it was eighty points. points. You know, it, I I may buy this. I may buy this. It might be worth a punt because it did seem kind of interesting. But I would imagine it's also very, very, very difficult at the same time. So, so good. Yeah, we like that. Okay, we're going to move on to something uh, that Chini is going to be very excited about. And and Duke potentially. Duke's got putting news first. The middle of the show. Yeah. The middle of the show. So yeah, um Gears of War Judgment has been given a release date. Oh yeah. I'm looking forward to the story in Uh, this. 
Because it's being written by a really cool guy. I know. I was going to come to that. I hadn't realized until I read some of the new stuff. And I was like, really? better realize. Ooh, I would do something very interested in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's next March. So it's March. It's GB, by any chance. It yep. may well be. It may well be. Well, he's co-writing. He's not actually exclusively writing it, but he is right. co- co-writing the game. And along with The Witness as well. He's working on that as well, isn't he? With, uh, he's with a busy bee. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's a busy guy. So, yes, Tom Bissell's co-writing it. And basically... Uh, people uh, can fly uh, definitely up in the ante on, on what this game's going to be doing okay you know, you where else you have a jetpack section 8 you don't have a jetpack you got a jetpack you don't have a jetpack uh, the hero is Damon Bird so that's who the hero of the game Bird. is Bird um, <laughs> that guy with the blonde hair who has uh-huh. this game uh, because apparently, and I never knew this, but apparently that's who topped Epic's customer satisfaction surveys as the most beloved Gears character. So that's why they chose him. About that. Apparently, apparently. Cole. Yeah. Oh. Uh, the big, the other interesting thing is they're going for a dynamic difficulty system. So a lot like the AI director in Left 4 Dead, they're going to introduce that to this game. So it'll change things on the fly depending on how well or badly you're doing playing the game okay so, that's so, interesting that's, that's something new yeah and apparently it's going to be more advanced than, than what they had in Left 4 Dead so it's going to work better apparently so that's what they're saying uh, and the biggest changes they're making are in the multiplayer part of the game oh yeah they've got a new mode that's going to be called Overrun uh, which sees two teams, one cog and obviously locust, battling over a generator in the middle of the map. One team has to destroy it and the other has to defend it. Uh, there's going to be now multiplayer classes, uh, similar to Team Fortress, and each have their own tactical benefits. Bird is an engineer who can deploy turrets, Cole is a soldier who can drop ammo, and Sophia can heal other players with uh, healing the class system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're introducing... Like Fortress too? Yeah, so they're introducing Does. the class system. Or Battlefield. Team Fortress 2. Yeah, um, so they're saying that so anyway to finish off they said it's going to feel more like the original Gears of War they love the idea of difficulty level changing as you play and the random enemy placement and overrun but didn't they sort of do that with the lambent whatever it is things hmm I don't well didn't they do that like I don't know like you could like one person could choose easy and one person could choose Normal or what? Yeah, but this will just dynamically change depending on how you're doing. So you won't actually have to choose anything. It'll just change on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then presumably weapon, you know, like ammo drops and stuff will appear if you need them, if you're doing badly and things like that. I, I, I like the idea of this. And, you know, you know, we've talked about this a lot in the past about there being no difficulty settings on games. The trouble we've got is a lot of trophies and achievements are linked to difficulty settings. So even if they, well, start- they, they they can just say, well, there's no achievement for a difficulty setting. That's not a tough thing to overcome, really. It isn't, but a lot of game developers use that for some of the. Well, they just have to think of something else. Yeah, they will. something more creative than finishing the game on hard or shoot guy thirty times. Crazy. Um. So yeah, there some of so those some of the details that have come out, and it's it's sounding kind of cool. Sounding kind of cool. So. Uh, I went to that then. Uh, I think it's March the fifteenth next year. I think if I'm March the fifteenth. Well, that's what I, I said. Could be wrong. Mark your calendars, people, and then if Stu's uh, wrong, we can get him up. Wrong. Uh, they, they, they did say early next year, which I was shocked about. But well, cool. the, well, there's a reason for that, isn't there? And I guess it, it does definitely point to the fact that there's going to be a potential two new consoles next year. Yeah. yeah. 
you know, because it does seem that a lot of these uh, a lot of these developers are getting the games out in the early part. Next year's early party is going to be crammed with stuff. Well, that's what the, always the case is. That I always yeah, say. but I think even more so next year. When you think of all the stuff that's potentially coming out in the first half of the year or even the first quarter of the year, it's going to be crammed with a lot of big games um, that we all won't be able to afford to buy all of them, and we'll have to decide on which ones we really, really want to play. It's going to be crammed. It is going to be absolutely crammed. Um, but yes, I'll I'll check on that release date. But I'm almost sure. I'm almost sure it was the it was the 15th of March, but I could be wrong. I'll be shocked if the PS4 comes out next year. To be honest, I don't know. I'll be shocked on that. They do say I don't know. I don't. I don't think the PS4 will come out next year. But then, you see, they've already been stung by Microsoft getting the console out of the door quicker. (laughs) If Microsoft. If Microsoft confirmed that they're releasing theirs next year, I would be shocked if if the the PlayStation waits or Sony waits. I'd be shocked if they came out. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll have to wait. And yes, um, they had a ten year plan, and I don't know. Yeah, but you know they've been stung, and they, they'll not want to lose any ground this time. I think it will be interesting. You know, if they both. Yeah, but when have when have, when have PlayStation ever learnt a lesson? Like. Look at the Vita. Like <laughs> they can't learn lessons. It's weird. Uh, like they just do. I don't know. I, I just don't have the confidence in them to to um, do the right thing. And I mean, it would make sense, but I just don't see. I don't it. know where it. Well, that's the other issue. We don't really know. Would Would it make sense? I don't know because if they both release at the same time, you're relying on consumers to make a choice between the two, and they could both end up being losers. A bit like you know the. Battlefield Call of Duty battles and stuff and wars. Veteran gamers, now with Les Dennis. Would it make sense? I don't really know. I don't really know. But you know what I mean, though, don't you? It's a bit like, you know, will they? I don't know. I don't know. We'll you know, uh, have to wait and see. We will. I, I, the answer I to everything. It is, unfortunately, because we haven't got a crystal ball, I guess. We I have. I have. Yeah. have you? Yeah. Wow. I have, I have a pair of them. Oh, sorry. I I tell it March the nineteenth. It is apparently. I've oh, sh- I have March fifteenth all written down here. Uh, sorry, March the nineteenth. Booked the day off work. And- I was almost right. I was all. It was close. It I was hate cl- you, Stuart. I know. I'm why so. Why did you get everything wrong? I know. I'm so sorry. Uh, I've corrected it though. I've corrected it. <laughs> so yeah, so that's the Gears of War stuff. Are you excited, Chinny? You know, you love the Gears of War. Are you excited for this? Yeah, yeah, it'll be all right, won't it? I would, I was, I would think it will be. I yeah. mean, you know, I'm, I'm not a massive fan. I do like the game, you know. You liked one. I did, and I, and I liked three. I, I wasn't so keen on two, you know. But uh, two yeah. single player was okay. Multiplayer was, yeah, I guess. But yeah, I mean, it was all right. That ending was still uh, awful. Whatever you say, that ending was crap. What and two? Yeah. Who cares? Um. Anyway. All right, moving. <laughs> Anyway, moving on with Epic, um, they've they've released the they've released the first details of Fortnite. You know the new the Fortnite. new Terra Defense or some shit. Well, it's it sounds kind of cool. It seems like across Xbox Live Arcade, right? Is it Xbox Live Arcade or you wish? This ain't going anywhere near any of that stuff. Why? What is it? Uh, it's going to be their first Unreal Engine Four title, so that's only going to uh, run on top end. PCs. So like yours then. Not like mine. This will not run on mine. 
Um, so yeah, this won't be releasing on any consoles at the moment, unless that is we have a console that will run Unreal Engine 4, which is highly likely. So it may well, yeah. So it may well be coming to consoles, but not the current. Or it doesn't sell anything, and then they find a way to make it on the 360. But at, at the moment, they've only. Shinny, has we ever had a developer who's like, "We this could never work on that." True, no, nah, that's true, no, that's true. No, yeah, come on. Ever, ever said that. No. Yeah. But they have. Crisis Three is looking good, by the way. Yeah. No, them games always look good. It's how they play. That's important. Mm. Um, but yeah, they've confirmed it's a PC. Says Stu, the aesthetic uh, king. Yeah. Uh, a PC design game shipping exclusively on the PC. So that's what they've said. That's what it's going to be. Um, so yeah. So anyway, basically, it's a, a sandbox survival game. Is how it's described. A mix of Team Fortress Two and Borderlands graphics can be seen, according to what is this website? This website.com, 360mmgn.com. Yep. So basically what you've got to do is, during the daytime in the game, you've got to build your fortress as quickly as you can and make it as fortified as possible. And then obviously during the night you have to defend it, and then obviously in the day you regroup and you build it again, sort of thing. So it's Minecraft. Sort of like Minecraft crossed with a tower defense game, crossed with... Other bits and bobs. So basically, there was, you know, some of the descriptions I've heard, you know, they were playing the game and they built like a sniper nest as, you know, jutting out from the building they'd created. So mm-hmm. like, during the night, there was a guy sat in there sort of picking off the zombies or whatever come to try and kill you during the night time. So that's what they did. Um, so it looks kind of cool. I think this is going to be quite interesting. I think it's going to be, like you say, a mix of all those genres and it seems kind of interesting. Could be. Yeah, I have to wait and see. But only if you've got the top end of top end PCs to run it on, or the next generation of console, possibly. You know, so it may come to that at a later date. Will uh, they find a way to put it on the Xbox? Oh, yeah, I'm just—I don't think they will, because the Unreal Engine Four will run on the current console. I don't think they'll be able. Crisis Two. Yeah, but that's yeah, that Crisis One. Yeah, well, this this Never is Never be on a console. Yeah, but this is cutting edge. This engine, this in- engine isn't running on anything apart. Wasn't okay. far, then the Crisis engine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We've got to at some point uh, accept the fact that these consoles are seven years old now. They're seven years old. The tech, yeah, but they might put it on the new console. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. It'll be on the new console, but on the current console, this is never going to run. Fine, let's move on. Let's just accept that fact. He's not going to run on it. Yes, we accept that fact. Um, so, yeah, it looks kind of cool, Stay though. With it? No. I accept it on behalf of Chinny. The next thing I want to talk about is yet another PC game. <laughs> okay. Damn! You I... a new graphics card for two days? Suddenly all the news is about PC games. PC. It's not real. It sort of is, but it's, it's not. So it's, it is, isn't it? Oh, uh, because there's a new game coming out called Gone Home. We have mentioned it before. Um, gone home, gone home, and I love the this. end of Rambo three. I love the sound. No, it's not the end of Rambo. Oh. Uh, and it definitely, <laughs> love it. It definitely hasn't got the Sylvester Stallone. Um, it reminds me a lot of Decay. Ooh, I guess now you got my attention. It's kind of interesting. So basically, it's by the guys who they, they were. They were basically did the is it Minerva's Den in Bioshock two? They developed that as a little team. And then when they finished doing that, they were sort of absorbed back into the bigger team at the studio. And then they went, you know what? We want to, we, we really enjoyed, you know, managing ourselves. Let's split off. And they, they created their own indie game company. And the first game that they're doing is a game called Gone Home, which is basically a point and click adventure game. The premise of the game is you're, you're someone who's been away for a year 
Uh, you return home to visit your family, who's recently moved to this big manor house on top of it. And they're all murdered! Oh, that's the whole point of the game. You don't know. But when you when you arrive there, it's deserted. The, the taxi that brings you obviously drives off and just leaves you stranded. And then the whole point of the game is figuring out what's happened and wherever it is. So it's a bit like the Marie Celeste, you know, nobody's home. Uh, and, and it's apparently it's like one big um, sandboxy game. So you're in, you can sort of go anywhere, but more stuff opens up as you find keys and things to well, yeah. get into other parts of the house. Sounds like a point and click adventure game. Yeah. But it, it looks really cool. Apparently, it's very eerie, very sort of isolated. You're on your own, and you just, you know, you're just figuring out what the. Looks mis- like you have a lot of ability to manipulate objects. You can get into everything. You can open every drawer, every cupboard, and like pull out an object and like look at it and move it around and stuff. Yeah. So it does. which I like, yeah. but I also like the fact that in Decay, like if you if there was a painting or you know like a bowl. Like, you could look in the bowl, and that's it. You know what I mean? But with a game like this, it might be under the bowl. It might be behind yeah. the bowl. So, in a way, that makes me nervous that there's uh, more work involved. Well, I mean, no. Well, interestingly, and this was this kind of, they said there's not really any puzzles as such in the game. Oh, yeah. They said what they've tried to do is design again. They said, although it's, it feels like a point-and-click adventure game in so much as that you sort of, you do control the character in first person, so you are moving around yeah. in the area. You're not sort of... But it's not puzzle-puzzle stuff? No. So basically they said everything in the game is realistic to real life, so they've tried to make it so there's there's no stupid combiner hook with a piece of string to get at the thing. Hey, the you might do that in real life. Well, yeah, but you're... <laughs> I, know, I'm just, um, I know, I So they said it's more stuff like you might see something in shiny behind the grill on the wall that's screwed on, and then later in the game you'll find a screwdriver and you think, oh, I know what I need to do, and you go back to where you found the grill and unscrew it to get to whatever's behind there. But they tried to keep it to real-life sort of tools and equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does, sound, it does sound kind of good, and, you know, they've said, and I think they're right, you know, that... There seems to be a new wave of first-person games that aren't necessarily combat-driven. Yeah, well, that's cool. As yeah. long as, and I mean, as long as it's not Amnesia, <laughs> I'll probably be interested to follow that. Yeah, I don't think it necessarily be Amnesia, but I think it's potentially going to be as creepy as that game in some respects. But there's no combat whatsoever, so you're not going to be fighting anything, or not running away from things, and not running away from things either. It's oh, just. It's just an interactive, you know, mystery game, and you've got to yeah, figure out what cool. the hell like is going on. I'm intrigued. I am. So we'll watch this space, but Gone Home. Keep your eyes on that one because I think yeah. it's Gone Home kind of cool. Uh, and you never know; I might be able to run that on my, uh, you know, PC. Yeah, I might be able to. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What we didn't talk about last week, and we should just sort of mention this vaguely. Talk uh, about it now. Activision are making a Walking Dead game. Um, as first person, a first person shooter. What? Uh, I know. I... Hey, 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 don't, don't, don't be down on it. Come on, it's yeah, going to it be. It could be. It's going to be dumb, man. You know, you know it is. I'm just saying. You know, you never know. I'm. I'm. Oh, what was your reaction when when you first found out that the people that made Jurassic Park were making <laughs> the Walking Dead point and click game? You know. Yeah. No, but I'm saying though. Okay, how about this? Can you tell me when there's been a game that's based on a franchise and then another game, not a sequel to that first one, but another game has been released on that franchise? Hmm, that's been good. That's just happened at all. I can't yeah, think of any. It doesn't. It just seems like piggybacking for the sake of money. 
Yeah, well... It's not like you couldn't come up with another way to make a zombie game. This Excuse one, me, dude, are you accusing Activision of, of cashing in? Some money? <laughs> yeah. Because this is a bit of a disgrace, to be honest. I know, I'm sorry. Maybe I've crossed the line. Uh, I apologize. It's been uh, developed by Terminal Reality, which was a studio that made the Ghostbusters game. So that's what Okay. Yeah, well, you know, they it did all right. It was all right. All right. Uh, and he's got, this is directly based on the TV show. So this isn't based on the comics as such. It, it is, I guess, indirectly, but it's... it's play as the main guy in the TV show, don't Well, you? you play as the two wacky guys. Which right. is Darryl, I don't watch the show. Yeah, Daryl Dixon and Merle, who are the two... Uh, Dixon. They're, they're the sort of outliers, I guess, in the group who are a bit sort of crazy and sort of... The guy, it's the guy, the guy with... kind of crazy. It's the guy with Crossman. Not that I'm aware of. I don't know whether you play as one and obviously the other's an AI character. You may be able to play in court, which would make sense. Which would make kind of sense. Yeah, it would. Um, but I think this is really going to be very action orientated and not really. Yeah, probably. You know, I, you know, they're saying they're going to still have that mix of, you know, hard decisions to make and things like yeah, that. And yeah, sure. NPCs who like to help you or hinder you based on what you do with them. But I'm not convinced about it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what I did when I, my noise for this when I saw the news was like, ugh. I don't know why people get so upset about it because we've already got a great game. Like it's not like that's going yeah. away. I'm, I'm not. I'm not upset. I'm just like, Ugh, whatever, meh. Yeah, it's just like, well, you know, I'll play it and try it out. Yeah, so it could either be like, you know, good, like Wolverine, <laughs> the game, yeah, or it's going to be bad, like Prison Break. Yeah, oh, oh, Prison Break. That that did existed. You ever play yeah. that? No. Oh, how do you know it's bad? Well. I looked at it and went, this looks awful. I know, and actually thought it was okay. They kind of enjoyed it, but I think they were just weird. You know, who who's did that? There was some some lad I worked with, and he played it and thought it was he thought it was good. Right. Uh, one of the guys at um, I remember that story. He's just prison break, great. Yeah. yeah, so but he said it was sort of all right. He, he sort of kind of. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll give it a try, and I'll bet yeah. It Look, it, do you know what? I predict this is the kind of game you'll like, which is a bit crap. But for whatever reason, you'll, hey, you'll it's like. not going to beat CSI, is it? <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Um, yeah, bollocks. Lionhead Studio. Hello, good evening, and welcome to the middle of the film. Uh, Lionhead Studio have sort of come out about, you know, all the fable the journey stuff and all the backlash and they're trying to defend it now and sort of say do you know what all these people have got completely the wrong idea about this game and you know it is going to be great and it's not a good approach to be honest well people just don't understand all right that's say that very loudly i kind of feel sorry for them if i mean well i do because you know peter molyneux came out in 2009 at e3 and you know, I, I don't know whose decision it was to show the game in the way it was shown. And and to be honest, that's the majority of what we've seen. There's been a little bit more stuff out recently, but we haven't seen a whole lot more than that. And we're basing, you know, this whole game based on this sort of 10-minute demo at E3 that was just made it look awful. It mm. certainly did make it look awful. Yeah, but that's not strictly fair, is it? Just to yeah, your whole game on that. Uh... Well, that's all we've well, seen. So why don't like... they release more of it then? That's what I was just going to say. Well, don't they prove us wrong? Well, anyway, basically what they're saying is um, Project Milo existed before we'd even heard of Connect, And... Uh, for this dumb game before this dumb hardware. Yeah. 
you know, and it was originally a controller game, so it was just a controller, uh, you know, but nobody knew that. We came with a controller. Yeah, and and I think, you know, from what it sounds like, Microsoft saw this and went, yeah, we're great, we connect, let's do that. Uh, You know, and then made them work on it in that way. Now, they said they played around with it while they got a lot of press coverage, obviously, because of, you know, the conference, etc. But what they've said is a lot of the ideas and the stuff that they came up with, Milo, has actually been put into Fable the Journey. Oh, thank God. Yeah, yeah, so all that stuff they did and all that AI, that supposedly AI stuff is all in Fable, uh, the Jenny. Scan in a page. Yeah, and they had, for instance, as an example, they had a water bomb mechanic in Milo, where you could have a water bomb fight, and that's what the magic system in Fable, the Journey, was based on. Wait. That's fantastic. Yeah. Magic system in the new Fable game is going to be based on throwing water at people? Correct. Water bombs, yeah. What? Yep, yep. What, the, what if I don't want to throw a water ball? Or what if you're fighting a fish? Take that! Oh, wait, you're, you're a fish. Yeah. You live in water. I mean, they even said, which was kind of interesting, that's only come out today, that after the negativity they got from the E3 demo, they almost uh, took the on-rail sections out. Because they said apparently they're only small sections again, the but they were so, you know, the backlash was so great and it was so negative that they decided that they may take those out of the game altogether so there'll be no on-rail section. But they kept them in in the end. They decided that it, they, they should keep them in there. Oh, good. Yeah. So, that you know, it's, it's still got those connect controls. Um, so, anyway, the the actual game itself is going to take about 15 hours to complete if you do it quickly. So, this isn't like, you know, we're all thinking it's just going to be this, you know, pretty shallow, crappy connect game. But it doesn't sound like it. You know, it doesn't sound like it's going it to be that like done. <laughs> well, 15 hours, that's not probably a little game, is it, I guess? Well, it's not about whether it's little or big. It's about whether it's stupid. I know, and and I and I still I think the problem is the damage has already been done, and it's it's kind of sad to think that you know us as gamers and other people who watched that E three that year are just going this game's going to be shit based on a ten minute demo, you know, and that that is that is kind of sad, you know. Well, Stu, did it look shit? It did look shit. So shut up then. I know, but, <laughs> but you know that is such a controlled environment. It's their ten minute. They should be showing the best stuff. They have. They should be blowing us away. And look, even if, well, look, even if you say like we have to reserve judgment until we see something more, fine. Then they need to show us something more. Yeah. Uh, they went on to say they've got two hours of full performance cutscenes in the game. So two hours worth of cutscenes. That's not something you should be bragging about. Well, it's interesting because they're saying that's more than a motion picture. Yeah, we've got two hours of cutscenes. That's not something um, you should be bragging about. And apparently, it finally tells the story of uh, Teresa and the Spire. That's what oh, the story. Oh my god. Uh, you know what, well, the Spire, that's the place where you were like held in prison and stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. That was kind of interesting, actually. I, I, that makes me not want to hate it as much. <laughs> well, yeah, yes. and apparently, what, what was really interesting, they've said um, uh, Peter Molyneux has no role anymore in Gary. It does feel like there's a bit of bitterness here, like, you know, it's sort of like, I don't know, it's almost like they're going, look, we don't need him. He just meddled, he caused trouble, and now he's gone, <laughs> you know. Um, so no, I don't know. seen Problem Child when they get rid of the Problem Child at the orphanage. Well, he even said this, look, this was his statement. I love this. Drug used to try to I love block this. Problem Child out of my brain. I've, okay. worked, I've worked with Peter on this project throughout the whole creative phase of it. Once we got into the bug phase, which is where Lion Ahead is now, he added, with a pause, he's busy making cubes now. <laughs> 
Oh, the cubes. For those who don't know, imagine if somebody didn't tune in last week and they're like, what cubes? This game is going to be awesome if you didn't listen last week. You think Fable sounds funky. Wait till you hear about Peter Molyneux's new game. It's going to go look at it right now. Go, go look on the internet. Peter Molyneux, cube game, $50,000, axe, one person. Oh, it's going to be inspired. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I'm wetting my pants already just thinking about it. As as the veteran gamers, we are following a, a new person because we don't follow many people. I gotta go change my pants. So I've got a recommendation for people to follow, which is with pants. No, which is a pretend Peter Molyneux called Peter Molly Jew. Uh, on on. <laughs> oh, and he's just hilarious because basically what Peter Molly Jew does is basically come up with crazy game ideas that you could. Never do, but some of them are so crazy. Well, don't say that because he'll take it as a challenge. I know. Uh, and basically, one one of the ones that was on it, I'm trying to find it now, but he said something like, imagine a game where you're in a car and you're driving towards loads of pedestrians, but you can rewind time. But every time you rewind time, the car goes faster. <laughs> so, well, that's why, you know, it's this person pretending to be Peter Molyneux, and that, you know, is sort yes. of the crazy thing that he would say. That, that is something crazy. that he would say. <laughs> you know, and I love that. It's, it's, so, Peter Molyneux it is. So that's Peter how Molyneux. Yeah, so he's... he's that's def- a little anti-Semitic. It's very funny. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's D-E-U-X, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, get him, get him followed. So, he, he just comes up with... About every two or three days, he just posts a new Twitter with some crazy game idea. You're like, crazy. Really, I, I, I do wonder whether just met you. Whether it really call me, maybe. Really is him. You never know. It could really be. It's hello. You know. Good evening and welcome to the middle. You already done that. I didn't. You did. Yeah, you did. Can't prove it. I need to prove it. He's got us there. Yeah, God. You're just like, you know, such hard work, aren't you? <laughs> this is like a huge ordeal for you. Oh, man, that same uh, stuff. Listen to the same clip again. Jesus Christ. That's how I play it again. Oh, God, now I eat it. Welcome to episode. Oh, shit. <laughs> Welcome. Hey, uh, okay. on it. Yeah, the big, the big thing, I guess, the big, the juicy topic I want to talk about before we, juicy. before we go to, you know, emails and twitters and all that kind of crazy stuff that we do at the end of the show these days. Um, Hit it! Not yet. No, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, computerandvideogames.com uh, did an article which said reviewers pressure devs into doing little or nothing new in sequels. What? So. Let's go through the points and let's see if we agree or disagree. Disagree. So basically, <laughs> you do disagree. So you agree, disagree, sorry, that reviewers don't pressure devs into doing little or nothing new in sequels? Or in pre- reviewers yeah. and devs pressure, reviewers and everybody, they demand that everybody have something new in every game, every they sequel. Did. Well. You got to have something new, something new. Yeah. I don't, but uh, for the record, and I've said this before, I don't want something new every time. The thing that reason, look, Ms. Pac-Man was better than the original Pac-Man because it took what they did right in the first Pac-Man and they made it better. But they didn't add all sorts of new stuff. They didn't need to. Yeah, but that's what this guy's saying in a way. 
So he's saying. So he's basically saying. So apparently, it's this guy called Joe Fraser, uh, which isn't the the boxer, obviously. Um, they have. Ah. Yeah, see what I did there. Um, no. But anyway, he said that uh, he emailed into Computer and Video to say that reviewers are influencing developers into creating safe sequels. Which do you know what? I I would kind of agree with. Safe sequels. Yeah. Safe sequels. Because... Safe sequels. Safe sequels. Because, and this is the reason I would agree with them, because when you think about it, you know, and we've read lots of stories regarding this, that some computer companies, you know, developers, uh, depend on a good Metacritic score... Yeah. To stay afloat, you know, just for the, for the, you know, the owners of the company to go, yeah, do you know what? We'll give you some more money and you can make another game. Oh, yeah. And... Because of that, that is driven by reviewers directly because they write those reviews and put those scores up. Right. But when I see reviews that are that are giving low scores, a lot of times it's because there's nothing new in it. And it's like, there's nothing new, there's nothing new. Yeah, which is true. Which is true. But if you're a developer, what are the chances you're going to take a chance on something different or unusual? No, I'm not saying we don't want that, because we do. We do want that. But if you're that developer, you're going to be thinking, well, actually, I'm not going to do that. Because- let, 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 me, let me ask a little poll here on the podcast. And there's some, I'm going somewhere with this, so just bear with me for a minute. Stuart and Shinny, imagine you, you – think of your favorite restaurant in your hometown, okay? A place you go to a lot, okay? okay. And now think of the thing that you enjoy the most at that restaurant. Okay. okay. You got it. You got it in your mind. Uh huh. Yeah, All right. What's yeah. the What's the meal that you're thinking of? I was just thinking of the waitresses. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. So that waitress in your mind. She's. I'm she's joking. It's, it's the barbecue chicken at Miller and Carter's. Beautiful. Fine. Stu. Yeah. yeah. I like a bit of piri piri chicken. You know, plenty of, plenty of spiciness on it. Chicky chicky parm parm. Uh. So okay. So imagine it. And this is something I talk about with the Duchess sometimes. All right. Uh, so for me, it's the um, Pasta Siciliana at uh, Bellitalia. is an Italian restaurant near our house. All right, now here's the thing. Let's say that that meal is an 8 on a scale of 1 to 10, right? You might – so here's the question. When you go there the next time, if you were to order something else, you might get something that you find is a 9 or a 10 compared to what you usually get, right? But you might roll the dice and you might end up with something that's a four or a three and you'll be eating it thinking, man, I could be having that thing that I know I really like. Why did I take a gamble? You know what I mean? Yep, yep. So I'm the type of person when I find something I really like, I just stick with it. I eat that thing all the time. I don't need to try new things all the time because I don't want to take that risk. Yeah, yeah. Because you're out for a meal. You're spending some money. You don't yes. want to waste the money. You don't want to waste the experience. Of going I'm not saying uh, trying something different is necessarily going to be a waste of money, but it's it's you know the odds are it's not going to be as good. And I think that's the thing with these games is that when you do a sequel, if you know that people like the stuff that was in there before, if you throw in something new, there's a good chance that that's going to be not as good as the thing you had. And it'll take away from the experience. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I can I can see where. Whereas you're with, from. for instance, Skyrim. Just to pick a random example off the top of oh, my yeah. head. <laughs> I don't know why I chose that game, but whatever. I mean, in effect, they took Oblivion and they said, what does this need? Dragons. Okay, that's it. And then make everything else just make it better. Dragons. And that's, that's Skyrim. 
Okay, let me let me put the let me put this to you then. Go ahead. Let me lay it down like this. Let me lay this down to you. Um so okay, you're a games review website. Yeah. Okay. You I, we re- are a games review yeah, website. Yeah, yeah. You That's not a hypothetical. Yeah, I'm getting to the, the bit that is. You okay. rely on advertising revenue. Ugh. Okay. Let I already me, hate this let me continue. You you rely on your advertising revenue to make your money, pay your wages, keep everybody yeah, happy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I know. Most people do live like that. So then you've got a game like for as a for instance, um Call of Duty Black Ops. Okay. Yeah. And you've got a game called Gone Home that no one's really heard of and it's yeah. all new and stuff. And you're relying on people clicking on your website and doing searches for stuff on the internet to come over and have a look at what's going on. Yeah. Which game are you going to feature more and which game are you going to cover more in your website? I think I would use a review of Black Ops to hook people in and then go, once they're there, I'd be like, hey, what about this other game that you haven't heard of, but it's going to be awesome. Do you see where I'm going, though? I do see what you're saying. And interestingly, if you go, what's another interesting thing? I don't know if that has anything to do with new or not new features in a game. Well, it sort of is because, again, as a developer, if you were the developer of Gone Home, you you know, if if you did a safe sequel, for instance, so you sort of did a Call of Duty Black Ops sequel or a sort of something that everybody knows, a franchise. You know that those websites are going to feature your safe sequel, which will get into the consciousness of gamers' minds and build up hype than an original IP that's completely new. And and you've got to be someone as big as Naughty Dog if you're going to get away with that, you know, doing something like that. I guess last- I feel like you and I have a different point of view on what reviewers like because, a lot, like I've said, a lot of the reviews I see – get very upset if there's nothing new. And the rating will be significantly lower if there's nothing new. Okay. Let me put it to you another way. Let me put something else to you. Um, as we know, Spec Ops The Line has come out recently. Yeah. And that tried to do some new stuff, didn't it? Um, it has a good story. I don't know if that's really new. Yeah, I mean, mechanics-wise, it's similar to a lot of other third-person action games. But story-wise and, uh-huh. you know, supposedly, you know, this dark tale of stuff going down and shit happening and all that kind yeah. of... They tried to do a different take on a first... You know, not a first person, but a third-person shooter and, and tried to make it interesting and cool and a bit different to everything else that's out there at the moment. And what happened as a result? They got a lot of press. Yeah, but was it all good press? A lot of it. That's always good. Well, some of it was, but not Let's all Let's see what Metacritic says right now. They got, they got quite a bit of negativity. I think it's about a 79 or an 80 at Metacritic at the moment. That's not a bad review score. It's not terrible, but, you know, some some companies go, well, unless you get over 80, you know, you're not getting your bonus. Right, but what I would say is that the reason these scores are low is because they didn't really do anything. I expected an aw- this is the featured mediocre review from Gaming XP. I expected an awesome desert shooter, but I only got a mid-class shooter. There is too much scripting, an environment with few details, and nothing special. Yeah. The multiplayer mode looks fun, but overall it's not enough to be a summer highlight. And I'm not disagreeing that's the case, but if you were another developer looking at those reviews and they've tried to do something different and then got criticized for it, you're going to go, well, I'm not going to do it, aren't you? You're going to sit there and go, well, actually, you know, I'll just stick to something safe that people like. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I guess I just don't see that much. Yeah, and as a result, what will end up is in this sort of stagnation, I guess. I mean, what do you think, Chini? You're being very quiet at the moment. Um, I am listening. Don't think I'm not listening. I don't know. I don't know. 
Uh, I think you're talking about two different points, to be honest, though. Um, to me, it sounds like you're arguing different sides of a coin. I don't um, Hmm. Because one person... Duke's arguing the kind of feature creep, you know, reviewers rely on this feature creep thing. Yep. But I'm not quite sure what you're arguing, Stuart. I'm not quite... I'm not understanding where you're coming from. Well, I'm sort of saying that because reviewers like features... Why would a developer make something new? I guess. Is that right? Yeah. Is, pretty why much. Why, why, it's, a, it's a risk to add things that are new. Yeah, There's why no would you take that. a risk on that? Because likelihood is that websites and reviewers aren't going to... I mean, if you go to Metacritic and look at games that aren't maybe as hyped up or as... You will notice they have far lesser reviews than the massive... I think um, AAA behemoths of the Call of Duties and Battlefields. You know, they, you'd look on that. They reviews. I think new IPs can get attention. I think you've got to be the right IP, though. I think you've got to be the right well, but idea. I don't think, but Stu's not talking about IPs necessarily. He's talking about in a sequel. Yeah, it, 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 are they going to take a risk or not? No, no, I'm no, no. I'm sort of maybe I didn't make it as clear as I was meant to. But no, I was meaning more developers are less likely to take a risk on a new IP and develop a safe sequel, you know, than they are going to sort of take a risk on something new because obviously... Luke's talking about what's a sequel. Okay, okay, I see what you're saying. But see, and again, okay, so fine, I'll just transport my thought over there because it, it applies to that as well. Like, I think that the number one thing a new IP needs is a good story. Yep. And... That's, I mean, and this is this is nothing to do with really new or not because a good story is a good story, and uh, I don't know, but but again, I don't know that a lot of game reviewers care that much about story. Well, I'll take the example that I'm playing. Mass Effect Three's more or less more mess more Mass Effect Two, more or less. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you played it. You played I it. There are differences. But there's not many massive differences in the way the game's played. You know, you'll pick, Duke, you'll pick it up very quickly. Yeah. I think the main difference with Mass Effect 3 is pretty much its story. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's one of the very few yeah. sequels I can think of where the stories... I mean, obviously, Mass Effect 2 from 1 was a big difference because there's a lot of things... That was wrong with the game. There's a lot of things that was right, but there was definitely room for improvement, and they did it. But with with three, they just went, well, two was good. Everybody loved it. So what do we need to make better? We put the little bits of feedback, throw some multiplayer, good story. It's one of the very few games that I can think of that just they just kind of do the same formula but replace the story. Yeah, yeah. And I do agree, and and I think you know. We are getting new IPs, and it's interesting because the games we, you know, personally get excited about, you know, and it's, I guess, you know, Daisy is an example of this, you know, because this game has come out, and although I can't play it, unfortunately, you know, this is exciting games because it's something different, and they make their own stories within it, you know, and there aren't any missions and stuff, and it's all about surviving, you know, yeah, and there's a lot of... that happen very often, that way. But that's not going to be happening very often, but it does sort of indicate that people are prepared to take a risk on something. Now, having said that, it is free, but also having said that, to play it, obviously, you need to buy Armour 2 and Operation Arrowhead, or whatever it's called, and that combined cost is about £20, and it's, it became 
you know, the the biggest selling game for about two months running from the release of days, you know, on Steam, you know, it was one of the biggest selling games. Uh, so, you know, they'll be all happy because they're suddenly selling a game that's three years old. Loads yeah. of it suddenly again. Um, but it is difficult unless you're someone like Naughty Dog, you know, or Ubisoft, who have that sort of clout behind them and, you know, can get those reviewers and big websites on board, then you're always going to be struggling, I suppose. You know, and then it relies on word of mouth or Twitter or Facebook or some other way of, of promoting that game that you're looking to publish. And I also think that the gap between sort of in creative indie games and AAA titles is getting ever bigger. You know, the, the stuff that lands in the middle of all that stuff is becoming lost a lot of the time, I think. Well, I wonder how much is getting lost. Like, because, you know, Twitter and Facebook and stuff do, do a, very, a pretty good job, I think, of informing everyone. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. if something starts trending, then obviously it gets to a lot of people see it, you know. Well, how much gets lost? Like... Well, I mean, if you think about it now, what what's going to happen to, I guess, like you term them, the B-movie games? Because, if they, you know, I think well, they... That'll go away because they're, they're low budget. And yeah. The, the risk... The but, risk uh... but they're the ones that maybe will take a risk on yeah, doing something different. Come on, I mean, how many are very good? Like, I mean, they're, they're, they're enjoyable as a guilty pleasure, but... Yeah. Are they going to be missed, really? Like, I don't know. I just think, you know... And it'll come back around because the capacity for downloadable games will be bigger. You know, the download space, hard drive space will improve. And the B-movie games will just be downloadable games soon. That's yeah. Cool. But I think also it'll be interesting to see what happens with the new, you know, the new consoles whenever they come because... Obviously, the cost of development will go up again. You know, if you're going to develop for this, maybe the cost of distribution has gone down. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go for digital only, then yeah, maybe it will. Yeah. You know, maybe that digital. There's always going to be an avenue somewhere for a good game. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. I said there's always a way, like you know, iPads and iOS devices. Uh, you know, there's always a little Steam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, but I, I don't know. I'm just I the just... movie games that you're talking about, where the risks are involved, um, they'll they'll exist on a downloadable scale. Uh, in terms of sequels, I think most of the time, uh, a developer, you say something to a developer like, "Oh, why don't you just make everything the same, uh, but change the story?" I don't think they like that. I don't see. I don't think that's a, attractive to them. Yeah, but I, is that not Call of Duty? That's what pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, but but Call of Duty. There's not a lot wrong with that game, to no, be but, honest. Yeah. But they they just change the story a bit every year, and they just add a couple of more different because things to multiplayer. Needs. That's all it needs. Yeah, but it is, all is it that needs. creative, but, but, though? Well, yeah, because, uh, Chinny, he's right. It, it, when, when they put out the same sort of game over and over again, like Call of Duty, we don't get the kind of brilliant genius innovation that we get from Catherine and Deadly Premonition and Journey. I mean, these are games that have a remarkable and creative and innovative and, and really interesting concept behind them. For instance, in Catherine, you walk up some blocks and you have ram's horns and, and there's a guy with a fork trying to castrate you. So, yeah, yeah, I think I mean, you're teasing a little bit here, Duke. I think yeah. I am. Uh, yeah. My point was, I think that's a little bit unfair, right? If it's a little bit unfair. The thing, is, what my point was, I don't think a developer would often say, um, "There's nothing else we can add in a sequel. There's nothing else we can change." Because 
you know, like like anything you make, you see all the holes in it. You see all the mistakes. So yeah. you think, well, I can fix this. I can make this different. But then, I, but then I guess also as consumers, we're we're partly at fault as well because we keep lapping this thing up and buying it by the millions. Well, there's so. no doubt about that. And and yeah. and ultimately, because it's a business thing, it's not about art. It's not about. I mean, if you can make a great game with a good story and have it. I mean, look, The Matrix and Fight Club are. In some ways, they're anomalous, right? They're not the usual Hollywood thing. They just happen to do a great job of mixing really cool special effects and a really good, important story. And most of the time, studios don't care about that, whether it's movie studios or game studios. They're just like, whatever, we need to make a profit. And that's the only thing that really matters. And if we can make a profit doing the same thing over and over again, fine. Yeah, and I, yeah, I absolutely agree, and that's what happens, isn't it? And that's why, I mean, interestingly, what what happens in games sometimes is that sequels are sometimes better than the originals, you know, oh, as sure. in Assassin's Creed is a good I example gonna, of that. I was going to say that, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty 4, right? I mean, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, you know. The, the Anyway, whereas in movies, what tends to happen Section is... Section 8 Prejudice? Yeah, well, okay, we'll give you that, I guess. Um, whereas in, in movies... better than Oblivion. In movies, it tends to be the, the other way around. You know, it tends yeah. to be more except Empire Strikes Back. Well, yeah, that's a that's an exception to the rule. And and Temple of Doom, although not probably better than Raiders of the Lost Ark, it was on a par, I guess. Robocop Two is better than Robocop. No, just kidding. Yeah, Jesus Robocop Christ. Two is one of the worst movies ever made. It was Nuke. pretty. This it was new drug called it was pretty it made? bad. Where's it made? You yeah. can't shoot a kid, can you? <laughs> but I think the other. I mean, the final point I'm going to make, and I think this. And I don't know. We've sort of gone off track a little bit from our original okay. conversation. Um, but the final talking about Robocop. Yeah. You think? Uh, the 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 final point I'm going to make, and this this is sort of more to do with how games play, because in essence, you know, first person action games and third person shooters um, really haven't changed that much in the in the actual core mechanics of the game. And I think the problem is as we try and get games or developers try and make games with more story to them, The you're going to get that disconnect because they're trying to tell a story through shooting stuff. And it's, you know, I mean, you know, Max Payne 3 is a really good example of that because that had a, quite a cool story going on. But every scene involves shooting lots of stuff because that's the core mechanic to an action game. And I think we talked about this last week. Yeah, and I think until they find better ways of telling, connecting story and and core mechanics, then that's what we're going to always end up with. And you know, like we said, you know, Call of Duty sells by the millions every year, so they've no real reason to take a risk on anything else, I suppose. So it'll always be a part of a game, mate. Shooting stuff. Yeah, shooting stuff. Well, yeah. Wait, you know why? There will be a lot of games. Because people that. like shooting stuff. Because it's fun. Because <laughs> it's fun to shoot shit. Everybody likes shooting stuff. Everybody likes shooting stuff. Okay. Well, video, uh, video games. So, yeah. Right. Hello. Um, Good evening and welcome to the middle of the film. Look, you've, you've, you've played that already. Duke, I don't, I don't know. What? If you know, hey, but stuck. you've kind of played that one. Yeah, what are you doing? Ah. Uh-huh. Just get a grip, man. Thanks for listening, everybody. Actually, what it is, what it is time for is, uh, is the old uh, emails. Oh, email. Whoa, that rule. 
ruled. Oh, that ruled. Okay, to start us off, we've we've got two tonight. One's one's a kind of short one, and mm-hmm. one's one's a kind of long one. A long email. Yeah, I bet you can't get time for that. I bet you can't guess who the long email is off, can you? Yeah. Now, interesting. What's what's kind of funny? You sent me this really quite long. It's not as long as some stuff he sent, but it is a fairly long email. And then he sent me another email going, "Oh, I've just realised how big that email was. Uh, you know, was that I sent you? So I know you always say you read all the emails, but for the love of God, shorten it a bit. But you know, look, we look. I sent him one back saying, "Look, we read the whole email. That's what we do. We don't edit. We just read." So here we go. Uh, it is entitled, uh, Take a Very Deep Breath, Stew. We haven't heard from Peter Molyneux in a while. Chinny? Question mark. So that's uh, that's mm. title. Uh, so anyway, until he recently opened up a speech with his game industry colleagues stating, I have been in this industry since many of you were sperm. Uh, now to me that sounds <laughs> that sounds to have a negative tone and maybe I'm not fully aware of the context, but... My question for you, Mr. Peter Face, is this. If you were being in the industry for so long, what the hell have you been doing? Now, I do not take offence to this, but I don't know whether he's aware of what Peter Molyneux has done before he went crazy. Uh, because he did do quite a few very cool, and, and actually sort of revolutionary games at the time, I guess. Mm. You know, uh, which which started off with Populous, of course. Mm. Back in the day. Uh then he did Dungeon Master. You all remember Dungeon Master? Mm. Where he had to slap stuff about. Um, yeah. He also made, and I don't know whether you were aware of this, made the original Syndicate. And Theme Park. And Theme Park. Well, his, his developer company was responsible for Theme Park. Yeah. yeah. So, theme Park! Was, which was Bullfrog, wasn't it? It was called Bullfrog Production. Mm-hmm. Was, yep. uh, so... As much as we take the piss out of him, right, and ridicule him because he's such an idiot. There's a reason why he is where he is. Yeah, he has made some pretty pretty interesting games in the past, you know, and Populous is probably the biggest thing that he ever did, and that was his first big... Well, until the box game comes out. Until the box game comes You know, and we've got to admit, in his old age, maybe he's got Alzheimer's, maybe he's just gone crazy, we don't know, but he's making a game about boxes. Anyway... Uh, one or two. Actually, it's good, about one box. Yeah, one or two good games. Is that it? Well, no. Well, like, as we've just explained, he has made quite a lot of biggish games in the past, but you maybe weren't aware of that. Anyway, I will give you credit. Fable is good. I love it. But since you've been in the industry, since everyone else was sperm, you see, we should have more to be proud of, which he is, unfortunately. Oh wait, you got that one cube crushing game coming out where only one lucky person can actually win the game. Brilliant. Uh, I'm sure it will be a work of art, a 10 out of 10 piece of shit. Now go play with Milo, seek counsel and come back when you... That isn't 100% covered in bullshit. Now, I do agree with all of that because I do think he's a crazy... But, having said that, I think this will be a potential success. And I think people will be chipping away. I think he's going to make money from it, mate. I do. I think he's, you know, we're, we're taking the piss and ridiculing him. But I actually think people will be chipping away. <laughs> uh, you hey, know what? people play Minecraft, so who they wouldn't do? be surprised? They do. You know what? Just forget it. By the time you're done with Milo, all those sperm you were referring to, which will actually only take one of them, will have actually created ten games, ten times better than any of yours in your lifetime. Honestly, why is this guy so respected? He's so full of shit. Well, oh, Jason, hey, Jason, 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 Jason. Yeah. Jason. 
Yeah, unfortunately, he has made some pretty sort of groundbreaking games. And Black and White, of course, was another one, wasn't it? When he he did get to Lionhead, so he's also been in charge of making that as well. So he has made actually some big games. You know, like I say, as much as we'd like to take the piss, he has made some stuff. Uh, do you have anything else to add, Chinny? I mean, Peter. Peter Molyneux, unfortunately, couldn't be with us tonight. No, he's not here tonight, no. Yeah. Anyway... Thanks people, for, people think that's me, you know. Uh, thanks for Fable, Mr. Senile. Why would which, they think that? Yeah, it's probably well. true. Uh, sorry if I come off harsh, but I have a headache, hemorrhoids, and a toothache. Uh, TMI, I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> just learn from my mistakes, people. Too much spicy food and too many sweetened energy drinks. Hmm. Uh, next topic. For five American dollars, I played exactly what I want. More games to pull off. An involving story with great characters. $5 won't even buy me lunch, but it just potentially bought my game of the year. Uh, Based on this one episode alone, I haven't purchased a $65 title that comes even close to the real emotion of episode 2 of The Walking Dead. Hmm. Everything comes together nicely, and even though I'm tired of zombie killers, in the end, killer zombies can be a good thing. Know what I'm saying, Stu? I absolutely do. It is a very nice game. I love it. Everyone says I'm sick of zombies. I'm sick of zombies. Yeah. One of the most popular games of the, of the year so far. Zombies. But it's not about zombies. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So they've got zombies in it. Sick also, of I had thought I encountered a bug on the staircase, but the problem was my controller. It is stuck in the forward position. Actually, mine's gone a bit wacky at the moment. Mine's sort of... Mine does that. Mine sticks on the left. Mine does that sometimes. The controller, the controller. Yeah. My my apologies. It wasn't a bug after all. Hey, I'm not perfect. Evidently, neither is my controller. Uh, Can this game keep it going this good? I hope so. But I do think Clementine's going to cop it. Oh, sadness will be all around. I will... I I don't think she will. I think she will. I'm going to cry. I know I am. I'm sad and crying. Uh, Spelunky is the cream of the crop on Xbox Live Arcade. It's a stellar in every way. True love is hard to find. But it's easy if you pick up Spelunky. But prepare to have your heart broken again and again. Don't buy it if you are Duke or just simply not good at gaming. (laughs) I don't know what he's he's insinuating there. I don't know whether those two things are connected. Um, Fez is Frankenstein, although the creator is mad. The game is brilliant. And, um, on, oh. and, and this again, his facts are a bit sort of not great tonight. You Come know. on, what's over there? <laughs> and shame on all of you for not playing Bastion. <laughs> no, no, no. Wait, 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 what's wrong with his facts? I've played Bastion. I've even oh. got, I own the game, I've played it. I like Bastion, it is a beautiful game, so I totally agree. Uh, my point in all of this, I haven't had the need for a $65 game lately, and I would agree with that as well. I mean, I've played a few this year, but I'm not that disappointed about not bothering with some of them. I'm quite happy to keep playing the Xbox Live arcade games and PSN titles the, the, where the creativity is at for me at the moment. And Steam! And Steam now, yeah, and Steam added to that. Uh, Xbox Live Arcade has kept me quite happy. Actually, I haven't been this excited to be a gamer in a very long time. And so, <laughs> such a spelunky. It just made me feel like a kid again, like when I opened up that NES so many years ago. Also, I just nabbed the first NES game I ever played on the 3DS, The Legend of Zelda, for a mere $5. Indies, uh, Super Amazing Wagon Adventure, which I actually, had we not been playing Perdition, which Jason um, recommended last week, would have been the... So there you go, indie pick for next week, not for you, Duke, but for you, Chinny. Super Amazing Wagon Adventure. Yeah, I ain't playing nothing. Uh, about to blow up was a waste of time but Duke might like the hip hop theme 
Sushi Castle by Milkstone. We like Milkstone Studio, so I haven't downloaded this yet, but I would imagine that's kind of good. Uh, very, very good roguelike with a reference to an achievement I received in The Walking Dead. Well worth the 80 points. Although people complain that it's a copy of Binding of Isaac. Uh, stop crying. Ooh, it's a game. The devil. It's a game for a book. So... Uh, my name is Shu. I'm a PC gamer. My shit smells like flower, the game. I have a Hoover, a new graphics card, and a new robot butler. Please kiss my ass. Journey rocks. Quit buttling yourself. Quit buttling yourself. <laughs> I'm off to play croquet or polo or snooker or something. <laughs> Snooker's a working class game. Yeah, nah, whatever. It was invented. Look, I've been through this. The original balls were made of ivory. Working uh, balls <laughs> could not afford ivory. Yeah, it was created by. Uh, it was um, actually created by a British serviceman who went on in India. In India, they weren't working class people. They were officers and stuff. Yeah, but the guy's working class now. Well, it is, but it wasn't originally. Anyway, P.S. Do use Yoshimi battles the pink robots as your didactic syncast theme. It's by the Flaming Lips. I know that song. It's a good song. I'm not going to use it for my theme, but you know. <laughs> And Chin, tell Stu to get off your nuts. I love you guys. Peace. I don't know. He started all the sort of itchy balls thing. It wasn't. Yay, up. thank you for writing in. <laughs> we like Jason. But yes, thank you very much for your emails. Uh, Thanks, they're always good. We always like his emails, don't we? I was like emails. Uh, the second one we have tonight is off a new. I don't think this person has actually emailed the show before. I mean, this is all new stuff. And it's from a guy called Michael Oxley, I believe. I've not heard of him before. Has anyone heard of Michael Oxley before? Mm, not by that name. Are we guessing? Are we guessing that's a no? Oh, no. But anyway, it's a very quick one, and it basically says a tip for Duke. Oh snap! Yeah, he's going to give you. A yeah, t- I'm all strapped in here. Let me hear. Always you. need tips, you, especially if it revolves around conserving ammo. That that'd be a good tip for you. Have yeah. to do that. Uh, but anyway, he says, a couple of times during recent weeks on the podcast, I've heard Duke say that he closed a tab on his browser and then realized that he need to dis- needed to go back to it. Shift, flower, T, I know. Well, I've got a tip for you. When internet browsing, you can push Control plus Shift plus T. Right. Uh, that will reopen any tabs you have closed during that session. Keep hitting T and they will just keep popping up. But once you yes, the actual you. window, they're gone for good. Enjoy Purple Eye. So that's it. Yes. That is on Purple Eye. I so appreciate that. Those who didn't know before, it is a good tip. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Well, there you go. Yeah, so I didn't know that. It's time you learned. I know. We, we always Look, we can always learn. Every day is a day to find out something new. That's right. That's what beautiful, I, that's beautiful, Stuart. I know, did you like that? Did you like that? You yes. should always learn one new thing every day. You should never repeat yourself as well, that's another advice. You should always learn one thing new so every day. You should never kill jokes as well, that's another one. Okay. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, shall we do some Twitters? We have got some tweets. Twitters. Alright. Twitter, 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 Twitter. Saw a pretty girl just the other day She winked and she smiled, walked across my way I couldn't figure out just what to say So I twittered it it. Twittered it, twittered it Brilliant Ah, okay Um, So here we go, first one up is from uh, Mr. Killy Cranky Mr. Killy Cranky And he says uh, You can't be on the Veteran Gamers podcast If you don't appreciate Manic Miner yeah, I can, and I don't. Yeah, I can, and I am, so deal with it. 
Yeah, you yeah. know nothing. You know nothing. Uh, Susan Linden Hall, otherwise known as SLH, uh, said, I took your advice, you. I'm now the proud owner of the Orange Box. Yay. Yay. Yeah, we'll get some. Yeah. You know, it makes sense soon. You do. Get it on, baby. Get it on. Oh, that, well, that's if she can pull herself away from Minecraft long enough to play it. She's that's just on that yeah. all the time. Yeah, that's all. That's all. Um, Marty said, Greasy Fishlip said, Cool Fridge for me would be GTA 4. I love the size of the world and what was going on in it. Uh, a bit flawed in place, a bit flawed, a bit flawed in place, I think, but he's actually spelt it as in flawed as in the floor. Mm. <laughs> a bit flawed in places, uh, but who cares? Who there cares? is a bit of flaw in places. Like there, is. there is definitely some flaw uh, in the game GTA 4. Anyway, and then he also says, also, can you give me another mention? So that's one mention. Can you know it? As I just got married and found out ah, I'm going to be a dad again. Uh, oh, yay. Yeah, I was at I was at a wedding on the weekend. Oh, were you who got married? Anyone exciting? Uh, my girlfriend's cousin. Ah, that's kind of lot of singing, lot lot of singing in uh, this wedding. People or, or actual acts? No, like people, like friends, family, and stuff. Yeah. So, YMCA. Yeah. 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 I almost got up and did a number, but I didn't. Oh, why not? Oh, you should have got up there, man. Because I can't sing. Yeah, I can sing. Can. Hello. Anyone? Good evening and welcome to the middle of the film. Yeah. So, yeah, congratulations, uh, yes, congratulations. on getting married. Yeah. Yeah, I got some people telling me that the, le- the sound levels in the other show the other week was a bit wonky. Which is true, and I know that it was a Skype issue. How about now? Can you hear me now? Don't ever do that again. Yeah, don't ever do that again. Don't ever, ever, ever do that again. But yeah, I don't, don't ever do it. caused you some pain just there, but think of how important it was for the purpose of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Artists yeah. suffer. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Richard Allen, Allen Finch, otherwise known as Ra Finch, nineteen eighty-three, said, "I think I love Minecraft, and he's moved sort of in next door to me in Minecraft. He's uh, uh, built a, built a little house on this, and then somebody's moved on the other side of me, which is a guy off my friends list called Oversoul, and he's built a lava house, which I'm not too keen on, seeing as my house is made of wood and it's not too far away. It's all eco-friendly, and he's uh... and he's he's got lava pouring out of the top of it. Oh you yeah, just, talk about you, look, Talk about, talking about Minecraft, I have to uh, apologise uh, to John Mouse. I accused him of um, putting last week on last week's show. You said uh, someone put obsidian outside my door, and you said who would do a thing like that? And I said John Mouse, and it turns out it wasn't John Mouse. Oh, oh. So who was it? I don't know, but it wasn't him. He swears it wasn't him, and I believe him. All right. Yeah, it's uh, an honest guy, you know. He, he wouldn't yeah, innocence. So he says, I swear it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I, was, I promise. I was like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But I just, because he, he's always doing like stupid shit like that. So I just thought it I might be him. I forgive you, John Master. It does, it does seem like something he'd do, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, but we'll, uh, we'll give him the benefit he, of the doubt. He just swear. He says, like, I, I'd only do it with dirt. I wouldn't do it with obsidian. So fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't know who does it. And it, like, it happened again, like so. I don't think he would do it twice after he announced that it annoyed me. <laughs> so, like, it sounds like someone who probably doesn't listen to the podcast, so they wouldn't know. 
Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. For it's annoying, because I, I don't have a diamond pickaxe. Well, hopefully they've finally got, because if, in the update now, you can have it so it, it stops friends of friends coming in. So there should only be people who are actually friends to the... No, but I think it's somebody in the server that knows me. Oh, yeah, possibly. But I'm saying that hopefully all the issues that we stuff being nicked and stolen and things all stop now, because random people can't come in. Maybe. I've got to say, it's very unstable. I was playing at the weekend, and it crashed twice while we were on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's becoming very unstable. I think it's just because of the pure volume of stuff that's been built in it. You know, it does seem not to uh, be saving properly all the time. And you don't keep anything. If you finish the game, you need to stick everything in your chest. Yeah, you can't keep anything you on you. can't keep anything on you now. It doesn't save anything on your person. And you end up with a new character, and he always spawns you in the middle of the map again. And all that kind of crazy stuff. So, yeah. Um yeah, Richard Allen Finch also said, three gigabyte HDD on my Xbox. I did it myself. Took 10 minutes, start to finish. And he's uh, put up a picture of his uh, 300 gigabytes. So I don't know exactly. I think you take the slim hard drive apart and you can just put a standard um, netbook hard drive in there or something. So anyway, that's right. uh, yeah, but apparently, I, I think that's how you do it. But anyway, that's what he did. Uh, Peter G, Pete, Pete Red Dog says, uh, at Veteran Gamers, with at Steam Games, with at Green Man Gaming, at whatever, at, at, at. All, completing, all competing for our pounds. PC gaming is anything but dead. It's true. still done, though. Uh, Antonio Phillips said, uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure, I couldn't find the conversation this referred to, but he said, to be fair, cloud saving has helped me a lot on Xbox Live when I've been at a mate's house. So that was when Sony said, we're going to have Gaikai and all sorts of stuff with the cloud. Uh, Microsoft uh, said, uh, oh, we've had cloud. And we said, yeah, what, saving on the You see, cloud? that's always interesting when someone comments on something we've said on the podcast in the Twitter with nothing to reference in Twitter. And you know what? I'm sorry, but I don't really appreciate GH Rocker writing that in because all he's doing is trying to rub it in the faces of us that he's got friends. And I mean, so what? You got friends. I don't care. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I'm not impressed. No, I like your idea. I, I think they've already just made cause it. I don't, just because well, well. I don't have friends doesn't mean I'm a, a stupid loser. Yeah. Who knows? You get to point out you have friends. Well, we saw. No, you are a stupid loser. So you know. <laughs> oh, oh he is. Stupid loser. Hello, good evening, and welcome <laughs> to the middle of the film. Uh, PG Tips said, "I vote tournament for the uh, poker night." So that's what he put up. Uh, school. Doug- he wasn't even there. No, I'm just telling you what PG is. Loser. Look, kiss my big spring anyway, behind Anyway, uh, Skull Dugger tweeted, uh, at Juice Gaff, at Veteran Gamers UK, the original sexy sax man's on ITV1. Yeah, which, Well, I tried to watch it, but it, it was too late by the time I saw the Twitter. So it'd be... Oh, yeah, there's, there's a saxophone player at the wedding, and I said to Tara, do you think we could get him to play the sexy <laughs> sax? Did it? Did you could get him to do that? Did you talking about the the did, one from Norway? Well, both, I suppose. I just, I <laughs> uh, but it was a, it was something like the hundred greatest songs or something was on. Uh-huh. Uh, and then Jonathan Wilson said, uh, "Thanks for the last show. I've been ill lately, and it made me feel somewhat better. You guys are weak. So thank you, John Mouse. Yeah, get better. Continue oh, to get better. Uh, if you're all healed up. Continue to get even better. Yeah, and we've got some new followers." Um, which is uh, Don Hume, uh, Steve Smith, and Graham Smith, which are the guys who did uh, Compulsive Obsession Collective Disorder or whatever the hell it was that we played last Oh, yeah, that great review we gave. Yeah, Obsessive Collecting Disorder, was that what it was called? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, so that's the developers of that, so they're following us now on Twitter. Uh-oh. 
Thank you for listening, but I'm sorry that... No, I liked it. You you two were harsh, but I, <laughs> I didn't even play it because it wouldn't even work. Yeah, yeah, that's an issue. Uh, but yeah, obsessive collecting disorder. That was definitely what it was called. So apologies for saying it wrong the first time. But yes, um, yeah, I like that game. So you're wrong. You're wrong, Duke. I mean, you're wrong yes. because his opinion is different. Yeah, you're wrong because your opinion is just wrong. It's not different. It's wrong. That... Awesome. Being wrong is different. Uh, so there you go. So that was all of that stuff, I guess. Uh, so that's all the Twitter. We haven't had a lot on the Facebook, so there's not much to say on the Facebook stuff. Do you want to not have a lot of stuff on the Facebook? There's not a lot of stuff on the Facebook. Yeah. Get on the Facebook, people. Come on, what are you doing? And we didn't even we didn't even get a chance to discuss the ooh yeah or oh yeah. Ooh yeah. Ooh yeah, ooh yeah. That'd be cool. I don't know. I mean I probably won't go grab one day one, but I'll keep my eye on it. Yeah, see we'll, what happens. Hey. I mean, I could see that being a new Steam. I mean, look, would it be very different if the Steam console were like that? Yeah, but it's running Android. It's not going to run anything like Steam stuff. Well, not yet. I mean, not yet. It's it's not got it's not got a big processor and stuff in it. What's it going to run? No doubt, homeboy. Games? No, but I'm saying, okay, fine. Okay, so take Steam without the AAA titles. Well, you say that. You say that, but ooh yeah has put up a, a monkey, you know, a monkey survey, the the uh, survey monkey, the, the people we use at Christmas. Yeah. And they said, okay, your feedback was immense. In one day, we received over 45 suggestions. 45, 45, 45,000. 45 suggestions. 45,000 suggestions of games you'd like to see on Ouya. Uh, we took that data to our resident spreadsheet whiz, and we've come up with our top 20 game suggestions list. We're putting it in your hands once again. Tell us which games you would like to see on Ouya. Just so you know, this list is randomly ordered. Okay, so these are the games they think might be on the console. Battlefield. Assassin's Creed. Wait, if it doesn't have a great processor, how could they run those games? Exactly. I mean, this is why it makes me a bit suspicious. Uh, you're assuming it can't. Are you sure it can't run these it, things? Um, because the developers would have to port them to run on this very tiny console. Maybe they would. It's not. Skyrim. Skyrim is going to run on an Android console. Is that what they're trying to tell us? Tell me why it can't run on an Android console. Because it's not got the right operating system. <laughs> it hasn't got the right operating system. It hasn't got the enough- it's oh. not about the operating system. It's about the, it's it's about not- the process power. Okay, fine, Stu. How about this? I'm going to run. Even- well, look. Even if we, it's not a one-to-one port. Let's assume that it's going to be an adaptation, kind of like they do with Vita, right? It could be something like that. It's not going to run these. These guys are playing on people going, "Oh yeah, it's going to run." It's not. It's going to run indie games and emulators at best, and and anything that's created for the Android platform that's going to be. I on. think that developers are a very creative bunch, and we can find ways to get things to work on things, even when it's tricky. Okay, let me put it to you another way. Okay. So the Ouya, right, which has had a lot of interest. It's it's fair to say it's had a lot of interest. Yeah. So they go to EA and go, oh, you know our little new console on Kickstarter? We got $4 million, baby. People are really excited about this thing. They're excited about it. We've got, I don't know. a chance for you to make money, EA. What do you think? Orders that may be, but, you know, we've got a thousand pre-orders for the console. Yeah. Thousand pre-orders for this console. Uh, how about you spend probably three times that amount porting Battlefield to a system that you probably won't run on uh, for all our probably people? Probably won't run. See, play. I don't know how you did a, a survey and ten thousand people want to play that game. Off you go. Go on, there you go. Do it. Do you think that's really going to work? And it's going to work that way. 
what if we put it another way? Hey, EA, you, you know that game that you sold lots of copies of? How would you like a chance to sell a uh, 100,000 other copies of that? Uh, I'd have a bet. Uh, what would we have to do? Port it to this new system? Six oh, okay. It's a million, but right, okay. Here's the thing, right? Right, okay. What do you think the average price of an Android game is? Probably about $5. About $5. If that... Yeah. And that that would be a, a, a bit of a stretch for people. They'd be still umming and ahhing whether they're going to pay for it. Right, but what kind of game is it? We're talking about Angry Birds. What are the chances, right, someone's going to pay? Like, even like big, even the bigger games that are ported to iPhone, like the, yes. the Lego games, they don't sell for any more than five Yes, pounds. so maybe this will finally put a fist to the jaw of those developers and be like, you know what, this $60 model is not sustainable. It won't because Call of Duty, you're going to have to just give us a map pack every year instead of a whole new game for no reason. It won't because they'll just go, well, we're not putting it on there. Why? Why? What would be the benefit to us? None. So we'll not. Making money. Yeah, they're not going to make any money. Anyway, that... I'll tell you what, right? I guess we'll see. Yeah, we'll talk about it more That's possibly next week when there's more fake... Anyone like not stop hating on ooh yeah. Out. I don't even care. I just think it's a funny thing. I just think yeah. I just think it's gonna be bollocks anyway. It is. I don't. I don't think. I don't believe any of it. Anyway, uh, maybe shout, I just shout, want it to be cool. Shout outs, and then we'll get the hell out of here. Right. I've just mentioned we're going to do shout outs, but unfortunately, and this will sound weird to listeners, but the recording cut off at that point, and I didn't even know yes. it had happened. Didn't Technical know. errors. Yeah. So Duke has gone on his holidays early <laughs> in in terms of podcasting. Yes. Because he did say goodbye, everyone. But he did. That didn't keep. We didn't get that one. No. So for some reason, it cut off ten minutes before the end while I was editing. So I've I've got Chinny back though. There's me and Chinny. Hello. Here. And we're just going to do some quick shout-outs like we did on the show, although it doesn't appear we did, but we did. And then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. So, uh, yeah, coming to you first, I guess, Ginny, uh, shout-outs from you. Right, so I, I'm trying to remember my shout I, well, It doesn't matter because people don't know what you shout It's just two bit. days later, though. Um, right. GH Rocker for playing Mass Effect 3 with me. Remember that one? And also I've got to shout it to John Mouse because uh, I accused him of blocking my doors in Minecraft, and it wasn't him. He said that he, he, he honestly wasn't him. He would only do it with dirt if he was going to do it. Um, so I'm sorry to John for accusing him last week on the show of blocking up my doors with Obsidian. And that's my shout-outs. There you go. That's kind of cool. Um, well, I'm trying to remember. Did I shout out the... Interview I did or not? No, you, you just shouted a lot of racial abuse. It's a shame we lost it. Really. <laughs> I've changed my opinion of who you are. I'm I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure that's not true. Um, but I am going to shout out Grey Fox because I've been having some dialogue with him uh, regarding Days or Daisy because he's you know teaming up with my mate and all that and has uh, you know offered to help him out and stuff. And he's also sent me some stories of what happened. Uh, to him during the game, but we didn't have time to read that out tonight, so I will be doing that next week. So uh, that's shout out for you, and shout out, I guess, people who've emailed us and who've you know tweeted us and twittered and all that kind of stuff, and people giving me advice on PC stuff now because I've got my PC up and running and things, and it's actually working properly now, like it uh, was. And interestingly, I can give an update on DRSTA, which is really weird because during the show I said that I had to turn all the settings down. Uh, to get it to run, didn't I? I said, it, oh, it didn't run very well. And I, I probably uh, wasn't listening. So this is weird because people have heard this. It's two days later and I've obviously played and finished it, but I'll talk about that next week. But, um, yeah, I, I actually maxed out all the settings and it still ran brilliantly. And it was something to do with my 
uh, computer usage, my CPU usage was on 100% for some weird reason, and it was some weird uh, thing that I had installed, so I only installed that, and it's been absolutely spot on since, so it's working brilliantly now, so there you go. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, And I think that's really about it, so uh, I guess on that note, and uh, hope Duke has a good holiday, even though he's... It's like he was here and now he's not here anymore and he's just... Yes, we off. know. Yes, people are used to the third, the fourth war. Not yeah, the third yeah, war. Yeah. Uh, and on that note, I on, think we need come to... Come on, son. I know. Get the hell out of here. So, uh, yeah, see ya. Bye. Bye. I hate this thing! Or something. That was, that was trying to be Duke then, but it didn't really work, did it? No. What, what was that? He never says that. I, I know. I'm just trying to do angry Duke, I guess. Wow. Well, yeah. Well. Anyway. Bye. Yeah, so there you go. That was a bit weird, wasn't it? Yes. So, like, you know, I mean, to redo shout outs and stuff, like, Duke wasn't here and stuff. Very odd. You know. And he had some cool shout outs. Actually, we should have said that Duke shouted out all the people who played full house poker and stuff, shouldn't we? We should have done that. Yeah. Mm, no. No, we shouldn't do that. Should we not have done that? Nah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Everyone that played full house poker with him, I don't know. <laughs> they were. No, I don't. I, didn't play. I don't have the game. No, no. Oh well, I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna play Walking Dead this week, episode two. Yeah, get it, get it done. You're gonna like that. You're gonna like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, I'm gonna let you go because I know you're busy, sort of trying to finish Mass Effect three and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming on. Anyway, got it, got uh, after sort of recording, after show, after editing, shout outs. I guess. Yeah. I got to Save the galaxy. There you go. 